Hi, I'm Jimmy Navio. Hey, everyone. I'm getting better at it. I am not muted. Hope this buildup is worth it. I hope so, too. Welcome to another episode of Hit the Bucket. Uh, we usually do this Wednesday night live on Twitch, but tonight we're doing it Thursday night. James had finals. He's uh, being studious for his accounting degree, and we also scooped up a guest at the last second. Uh, Mr. MJ Lance is joining us, fellow member of Team DLC, and uh, I'm super excited to have him here. Just a couple reminders, like I said, this is live. We do this live on Twitch. If you want to join us, stop by. It's usually Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific on Twitch. Also, don't forget we have a YouTube channel, please. If you want to support the podcast, go sub. Go go sub to the YouTube channel. Check out the the edited version of these uh, podcasts. It's a little better. Audio levels are evened out. We clip out all of the stuff we can't uh, put on YouTube and... It's nice and pretty over there. We also, this goes out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and hitthebucket.com. If you want to reach out to us for any reason, if you have a topic, a link, a promotional opportunity, a guest suggestion, anything like that, you can hit us up at hitthebucketpodcast at gmail.com. So we got the business out of the way. Let's bring on our guests. If you guys want to unmute yourselves... No. <laughs> hey, yo. Hey, how's it going? What's up, guys? Hi. How's it going? I'm so excited we were able to snag MJ Lance. It was actually uh, Mashif that suggested I reach out to you. Oh, so, really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bet you've been on my radar because uh, I, I think you're one of the few members of Team DLC that has not been on the Hit the Bucket podcast. Because you did the DLC podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, I've had most of the the DLC members on my podcast. With uh, I think the only exception now is Sammy and uh, oh, well, there's three. There's Sammy, there's Mister Brit, and there's Speed Agent. <laughs> Mister Brit, Mister Brit, <laughs> Brit, Mister Brit Bonger. You almost got them all. Yeah, I got to catch them all, like them Pokemons. Hell yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, real quick, let me pull this up. While I'm pulling that up, Mr. MJ Lance, part of the reason that uh, we're able to have you here is because you're back in the land of California. Am I? Is that correct? Not California, but the West Coast. West Coast. No, that's – yeah, okay, that's right. Where so are you now? the California. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm in Northern California, um, Seattle. Nice. Uh, <laughs> is it raining every day dude it's been really bad like the other day the the power almost went out it's been super windy i went on a walk and it was uh it's just disgusting rain like it feels like needles are smashing your faces that like ice cold rain that doesn't freeze that yep. pierces your soul to, <laughs> to your inner core nice uh let's see here so mj you're our guest of the evening, so usually the first half of the show is dedicated to us getting to know you, sir. Oh, cool. So mm-hmm. why don't you do why don't you just start by telling us how we met? Dude, so it was a so it in DLC was not the first time that I met you. 
I remember, I think Pete, Gator Pete was someone who had in introduced me to, he's like, hey, you should go check out this guy. I'm like, okay, cool. And uh, I ended up stopping by your stream. And <laughs> I also, I also remember, I, I remember what I was streaming. I think it was like Iconoclast or something like that. And you came and visited my channel once and I was, my nephews were over at the house and uh, I was like, oh, what's up, Jimmy Navio? And then my nephew's like, ah, oh, Jimmy Mac and Cheese, Jimmy Mac and Cheese. Oh, like, <laughs> <"Aw." laughs> that's adorable. That was probably like earlier, earlier 2017, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was right around when DLC was getting started. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that name kind of stuck. That's been my name in the DLC server ever since. It <laughs> was awesome. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. Ever since I've been in there, I was like, Jimmy Mac and Cheese. This is a reference I don't know about. Well, yeah, because then that, my time. that happened when you were watching my stream. And then when I was watching your stream, they were actually there. It was like your niece and your nephew. Yep. And uh, I said hi in the chat or something. And they just went all crazy talking Jimmy about Mac Jimmy and Mac cheese. and Cheese. <laughs> so, yeah, we met through Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as as is the case of many of our guests we've had here on the show and I, that's part of the reason i started this podcast is just because there's so many interesting people that i meet on the internet and oh most gosh, most right? human beings have a story to tell and we thought it would be cool if we had a podcast where uh we can meet some of those people and hear some of those stories so mj lance where are you from so i was born in california Lamore, if you're familiar with where that's at. But yeah, I'm familiar with Lamore. It's uh, really, well, now it's like really developed, but like when we were living there, it was kind of, it was okay. A lot of farmland and stuff. Right. And um, we, I'd say seven years we lived there and my parents split up. So we had to move up to Washington, probably about like, I think 2000. And then that's how we ended up over here in the middle of nowhere basically i say seattle for the sake of simplicity but it's nowhere near seattle <laughs> yeah it's just the the nearest it's the washington state yes <laughs> so you i hope you don't mind me mentioning this uh you mentioned it in your bio but you yeah. talked about being homeless yeah. are you willing to talk about that a little bit you want to yeah like there it's really not much to it dude we didn't have a place to live and we kind of just, there was like YMCA help. There was, um, I mean, I was really young, so I don't remember a lot about it. I remember we were, I'd say every other night we were over at somebody else's house. That's what I remember. And, uh, I think one of my favorite memories of that though, was it was Christmas of 1999. And, uh, we went over to my mom was, uh, she was really pregnant and she wanted to, she's like, you know what? Uh, I need to go to the hospital. And she gave us to our friends and we went like, we were, we had like a ham dinner or something like that. I remember us all kind of doing like a sleepover or something in the living room. And um, Christmas morning, we didn't have any presents cause you know, my mom was gone and there just wasn't anything going on. And uh, we ended up, or one of the kids or there was like three kids in the house and they all gave us their presents. They said, here, you can have them. I'm like, wow. And I opened it up and it was a Mrs. Potato Head and I fucking loved it. It was the greatest thing. I was like, this is so, I'm getting like emotional thinking about it. It was like, mm -hmm. it was that, really awesome. 
Wow. Yeah, that's a special memory. Yeah. And then uh, it, it was, it wasn't for, it was only for like a, a month, a month and a half that we were, but I remember it very specifically because like, I didn't understand why we kept moving around. I didn't understand why like we couldn't live with my dad, but he was out on deployment. So it's like, we didn't really have a place to go. And since they were, you know, it's like, well, I can't really, can't really go to my dad if he's not living with my mom. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So obviously how old were you at the time? I want to say I was like five or six. I think it was six. I think I was six years old. So it sounds like they they did their best to not straight up just, you know, dump on a five-year-old, hey, we're homeless. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, but at, even at that age, kids are quite perceptive, right? So obviously you, you had to have some inkling that like, is this normal? Like are, to be just living around all over the place and stuff? Yeah. I, I'm sure that whether, I mean, it had to have some type of effect on you. Obviously you have, I mean, five years old, that's pretty young to have such vivid memories. So. Oh, yeah. It makes me think about like um, how other families are doing. Cause um, a while, I think I want to say in like 2016, when I was working for Apple, they had this like event where like, cause every Christmas time you could like, they had like a, a center or something like that, where there was all the homeless would come over here. And there's like a, a really cool Christmas event where the parents set the tables, the kids went out and they like, use like a, a little ticket that they got when they walked in to buy like shoes or a shirt and stuff like that. And I remember doing that stuff and I didn't realize it until like I, I went to this event. I was like, this all seems really familiar. And mm-hmm. um, the kids all came around the table and I was like helping them. I was giving them cookies and stuff like that. And I just kind of talking about their stories. And I was like, Oh, I saw all of this. Just, it sounds so familiar. And like, it makes me think, you know, this is something I, I kind of want to do more often because I remember that's kind of like my, my roots, I'm going to say. I right. grew up in that same situation, so I want to be able to give back in that same way, too. So, yeah. Do you think there was, like, a, a time or an age where it kind of clicked and you looked back and were like, oh, wow, that was... Uh, <laughs> where you kind of realized Wait a what, what you went through? Or, <laughs> like, was there a self-realizing moment? Uh, it definitely was probably at that event. Like, I didn't really think about it at all until I was like, wait a second. I'm going to call my mom because I was living in Seattle at the time for real, not just in the middle of nowhere. I was like, right. Hey mom. So were we ever homeless? She's like, well, I mean, yeah, we, we were, I mean, there's a lot of complications. I couldn't keep a job and all these other things. I was like, damn, wow. I didn't Did a even good job it. hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's pretty crazy. Um, so do you think that, it mentions here that you like, it says love being outside, hunting, fishing. Do you think that had to do a little bit to do with that? Just like the moving around and, and whatnot, or if you just always had that inkling naturally, you just always have liked being an outdoorsy person. I, well, we've always been like our whole family likes going to like my oh, okay. dad. He's really into like hunting and fishing. My grandparents always, we used to go out like, I want to say, Every other month, we had we'd plan a fishing trip, and we'd just go out in the middle of nowhere, and we'd find like a river or something. I mean, sure it was planned, but um, we'd go fishing, we'd, we'd go hunting. We'd never really find anything, but it was just fun to be outside. Like right. be, we'd set up all these tents, we'd have our grill and stuff like that, throw out the cots, and look out under the stars and everything like that. It was just it's a lot of fun, and um, even like. 
when we moved into town where we weren't really we didn't have like the ability to be out in the middle of nowhere like the woods and stuff like that we ended up having um it, we we would just throw up a tent in the backyard and just start um just camp and it's just i don't know it's really fun to just for me to be outside i miss it i don't get to do it as often right uh, it just we don't have the means to do it anymore but i'm glad that i had the chance to for sure yeah absolutely i uh i remember vividly in my childhood being outdoors most of the time i mean <laughs> I, I was born in 83 so you know, there wasn't uh, outdoors was entertainment. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think I don't I got my original Nintendo. Oh, uh, I can't even remember. I was in Valencia. So like early grade school. But before that, it was just playing outside most of the time. And even when even then, like once I had a Nintendo, it was very limited the amount of time that I could play on it. So yeah. most of my, my childhood was outside. That's awesome. So that's like, really I mean. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, that seems to be more and more rare, right? Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, you know, outside's a dangerous place. (laughs) (laughs) The sun, the weather, dude. Um, Was yours like, did you have your parents telling you, like, you couldn't spend any more like an hour on the video game console? Or was that like something you put on yourself, like saying, I don't want to do that? Um, It was mostly, I think it was a little of both. Back then, remember, like, Nintendo, like, when adjusted for inflation nintendo was expensive and the games were expensive so like i had like maybe two games for my nintendo it's not like now where you have a steam library with 500 games that you don't play like there wasn't (laughs) there wasn't that saturation like every game that you got was like a cherished treasure but you still get sick of it after a while if you only have two games you can only die on that same fucking flying fish level so many times before you're like i'm gonna go outside so like what a casual (laughs) so like it it was somewhat self-regulating in that sense is that like eventually you know you, you it's not like i'm bored with this game and i'll just launch another game and play it or watch a youtube video there was no youtube there was no other oh, game to man. play there was no you know there was no netflix so it was like i played the two games i own and uh, my parents are using the only tv in the house so i'm gonna go outside <laughs> like there wasn't yep. anything else to do <laughs> or yep. play with my legos or something but yeah legos um so yeah i you know it's it's just a different like But some of it was, as I got older, when I got my first computer, like, in junior high, I think I built my own. My dad, like, had... Oh, wow. uh, He upgraded the the family computer, and he, like, kind of gave me the old one, and, like, I bought a couple minor upgrades for it, and that was my first experience, like, pseudo-building, upgrading a computer. That's cool. And when I did that, and I first got into, like, Diablo and uh, StarCraft and stuff, then I... Oh, wow. Then I got kind of stuck on the computer too much. And that's when my parents had to start saying, hey, go outside and skateboard or something. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it might have been yelling your mom, bring the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> mom, I'm right now. Mom, bring the bucket. No, there was no uh, World of Warcraft. It was all EverQuest was the only MMO that existed when. Uh... Why does that sound familiar, EverQuest? I don't think I've played it. It was like the first MMO, Mm -hmm. the first like major MMO before WoW kind of took over the market. There was EverQuest 1 and 2. So let's get back to you for a minute. 
got me talking about myself. Too, I was interested. I was like, what can I say? You're too kind. It's supposed to be about you right now. Um, let's go into I, I really want to know about your drawing and your art and all that stuff. When, like, is, is that something, again, did that just happen naturally? Was there, do you remember a point in your youth where you, like, saw a cartoon and were like, I want to do that? Or what, like, Mm-hmm. Like explain how how the evolution of your artistic endeavors kind of happened. So when we, it, I, well, I want to say it was during that period when we were homeless because we'd go over to a lot of different houses. We didn't have TV. We didn't have. We really didn't have much of anything. And when I went over to other people's houses, it would usually be around like nighttime. My mom was working like a shift over. Like I think she was a bartender at the time. And so it's usually around like six or something and they'd lay out sleeping bags in the middle of the living room and uh, they'd put on Cartoon Network or something like that. And my first cartoon that I remember seeing was Cow and Chicken and like how yes. weird that show was. Mm-hmm. How like how like the characters wash and blue. Yeah, I just, I loved it. I was like, that's so cool. How did they do that? What did they do to make that happen? Like, I, I want to know more about this. And Ed and Nettie, Dexter's Lab, um, like I remember they were, they had these contests for like cartoons where they're like, Hey, so, um, you guys get to vote for what cartoons you want to have on t- on the show or yeah, on Cartoon Network. And I think it was, I can't remember the name of the other cartoon, but, um, Johnny Bravo ended up winning, but anyway, Johnny like, Bravo, of course, the one man army. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I started to look for things to do like i um i remember in elementary school we would uh we do a lot of like just basic drawing and art class but uh we also had access to like clay and um all kinds of different mediums which i was like thinking about it now like that's kind of a lot for an elementary school to provide and um i don't think it was until i'd say third grade 2003 when I really started to pick up drawing, I made these really weird, I think my mom still has them in like a filing cabinet somewhere, but these really weird drawings, I called it Super Soap. It was my first cartoon character I made. And he was literally just a bunch of lines that had little legs and he, <laughs> it was just, I don't know, it was just fun to sit there and like, just create little stories on the little piece of paper. And um, So what you're saying is you invented SpongeBob first. Exactly. <laughs> that wasn't his original name. But he was super soap. He was, he was a square, super soap. A square with legs. <laughs> he was an underwater creature with legs, and he. I think he had like a a super villain that he would fight too, which he was basically super soap, but with like a dome over his head. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, you That's should... how you know the villains. They got exactly. Them they got. They got them. It's like a Mojo Jojo. He's got that dome on his head. Right. Exactly. That's where their brains are stored. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. yeah. You should resurrect Super Soap. I want to see a comic series of Super Soap. I've got a. I got to go find what he looks like. Because I remember <laughs> I, I tried redrawing him from my memory, but I was like, that doesn't look like him at all. Like, I don't, that, what is this? It's like when you see it, or have you seen those, I think it's videos or just kind of string of um, 
like pictures where artists will take kids drawings and then make them all like hd yeah they'll pr mm. they'll make them look like pr that, but they'll keep the kind of aesthetic of the yeah the hand drawn. Yeah. like oh my three-year-old drew this so i upgraded it and it's like professional quality yeah art. did oh, you okay so get this a company took that one step further there's a company online you can look it up where you can submit your kids doodle of their monster and they will make an actual stuffed animal of that monster that's so cool yeah i i i've like could you imagine some kid has this like you know this perfect this idea of what this monster is and you can submit yeah. the picture and mm. they and they do like a kind of the same thing they kind of upgrade it like they make it a little bit higher def and kind of fix certain things about it but they keep the original spirit of it intact and mm -hmm. then they create like a stuffed animal or like a a plushie out of it oh that'd be so cool mm. I, would, I i gotta go find super soap and do that with him yeah, we'll have to. I'll have to Google it and see what it, maybe maybe James can pull it up. <laughs> he's always he's quicker at finding that shit than me. Um, yeah, turtles like Link. I would. Love, I I want to get a Link too. I, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, but so so you kind of you got into it at a young age, uh, and you you also mentioned voice acting. So you said you said wanted to become an animator slash voice actor. Was that the same thing? You just got into all these cartoons and. And stuff and you're like oh there's people's voices behind that like mm -hmm. i um i think around the same time third fourth grade i was watching uh timmy turner's what's that show called fairly odd parents and i just remember hearing the way cosmo sounded and then the way his he was like hey everybody it's me cosmo he was like really happy and uh just like i was like oh i really like the way that sounded and how i could Jimmy Neutron was another show that I would watch too, and like all the characters, and you got Carl Weasel, like, hey Jimmy, how's it going today? Or whatever, just like, I was like, I wanna do these. This sounds really fun. And so um, it wasn't until I would say, we didn't get a computer until, I wanna say high school, which was like 2011. Not yeah. 2000. Yeah. And like during that was when we got my com our first computer and I went online. I was going through like uh, Newgrounds. It's like, how are people doing these animations? How are mm -hmm. how are they making these things? And I found Flash. I went to I did so I was a little greedy. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. so if I do this thing called Running Start, which I don't know if they have this at other schools where you can go to college and high school at the same time and still get the credits for it. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. I've yeah. Heard, yeah, I've heard of that. They had a, um, they had one for flash animation. I was like, okay, I'll take this class. It's not, it was nothing like I expected. It was just how to make a button, how to make a website using flash. And I was like, I mean, this is cool, but that's not what I wanted it for. And right. so I started just this kind of doodle. I made my first video game, which quotations around that. I literally just drew Squidward's face and a little like bracket and you could move his his head left, right, up, down if you put it inside the bucket, or I would call it a bucket for lack of better words. It just says you win. Bucket. Bucket. It was the simplest game, but it was yours. It was mine. And um, I I just, I don't know, I, I, oh, there was another one too. It was like a stick figure animator. Where they, you remember when like the stick figure fighting YouTube videos were like super all the, the stick fighting mm -hmm. and stick death and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, stick animator was mm -hmm. out there. 
I, I went and looked for that too. And I messed with that a little bit. And, um, I mean, I, that's kind of the animation portion of it. The voice acting thing didn't really start to like flourish until I really got older. I didn't really, I didn't know anything about it or how to do it or even how to use the internet to find out stuff as well, that well either. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's an interesting story. I've heard so many people with a similar story. I think uh, we had you Heart Beast on here, and I think he mentioned mm. like when he first started out, how he came across like some of that early Flash stuff, and and it kind of opened the door for a lot of people to kind of yeah. get a start with animation and gaming and stuff. Uh, same with um, Donkey. Uh, video, mm-hmm. video game yeah, Donkey. Right. He he has a video where he talks about like the early days when he like got into all that flash stuff and just kind of mm-hmm. his that, really shitty flash animation. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how you start. There's always that one thing where you're like, this is amazing. I can do this. Like for me, it was, I, it was two things. It was seeing cobalt streak stream. And I was like, this is amazing. Oh, wow. And that's like, kind of, like he was my inspiration to start streaming. And then um, as far as podcasts, like there's like two or three podcasts I always listen to and you know just the idea of having this place where i could go and talk and just meet people and learn and just i love talking you know i'm an extrovert so like once i understood what podcasts were i was like i'm gonna do that someday you know it's like it's it's crazy how there's those moments where that one little thing where it just clicks Mm. so yeah um, absolutely like that kind of makes me think about like how i started like getting like thinking about Twitch and everything like that. Originally, I have I have a sketchbook somewhere with all this stuff written down too. I had all these ideas for YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, it'd just be really cool to like do these things. And I originally wanted it to be Mega Man themed, but then I found out that I'm not good at making videos. I'm actually really terrible at it. I don't <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And so like after seeing all this, I'm like, these are really shitty. I don't want to do this. And it wasn't until my buddy. Uh, my roommate at the time, he was actually streaming on Twitch. He's like, well, you should try it. I'm like, I mean, okay, sure. And I think I had this tiny, it was like, you could hold it, this tiny little Dell computer. And I tried my first stream and all I kept hearing is in the in the actual like playback of it all. Oh yeah, it was all skippy dropping frames and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm not really, I don't know if I want to do this. And um, like, that's actually when I first started watching things on Twitch because I didn't really, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know like why people did it. It was just like, oh, I guess you can put on your own show. But when I started to think about it, like, I was like, oh, you can kind of like, you can make whatever you want out of it. Like, that sounds really fun. Let, let's give it a shot. And I don't, it wasn't until like, I want to say 2016, 2015, somewhere around that time when I actually started to kind of do like, okay, I'm going to stream at least three times a week or something like that. And, um, yeah, it was, there's a, do you mind if I go on a tangent about that real quick? Yeah, no, this is your time to shine. We're here to learn about you. So I was living with my room at the time. That was when I, I had first kind of experienced it. Didn't have a good enough computer. So I was like, okay, my goal is to get a new computer. And, um, I was still trying to do the YouTube thing at the same time. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just kind of do, I'll do the YouTube thing while I'm not streaming and whatever. Um, I 
built my first computer on my own. I did like, I just remember being really nervous about it. I was like, if I, if I ruin any of these, any of these parts, I spent, like, I think I spent like a, a thousand two hundred on my computer, which it, comparatively, that's really not much. The only thing I didn't get was the graphics card because the, um, what is that? The processor had onboard graphics, which I thought was enough, but then I tried. My <laughs> oh, <friend> yeah. <laughs> onboard that's graphics. Rough. No, Ugh. my friend got me Overwatch and I was playing Lucio Ball and I was like, I can't play this. Like, I don't know what's going on with this, but, um, just chug, I remember chugging along. It would, yeah, dude. And it looked Four bad frames. too. It just looked bad. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. Um, and it wasn't until my buddy Drew, he says, hey man, I know you're looking for a place to just kind of call your own and stream. Why don't you just leave your computer stuff at my house? We'll set up your, your own room and uh, you can start streaming. You come over every day, I'll give you a key and you can just do what you need to. I'm like, okay, cool. And that's kind of when I, I really started to pick up. I'm like, oh, this is really fun. Like talking to people was really fun. Like, I don't know who any of you guys people, any of you are, but like, it's just, this is so cool. I can, I can just put something up for people to watch. They can make fun of me. They can, you know, they can help me out with how to like play a video game or we can just sit here and chat. Like it's, it's so much, it's something that I never thought could be possible. And um, then like, I want to say mid 2016, I ended up having a, a series of asthma attacks, which really messed me up. And I was bedridden for, I want to say like a couple months. And that's when I really started to just, I said, you know what, if I'm going to be on my ass, I might as well stream. And that is kind of, that's actually in the same time frame where I met you is around that time. Oh, too. really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it that's like i don't know i love twitch for its ability to bring people together to see what other people are doing and just to like communicate like it's such an open it's such a broad uh platform you know and i and you know i stopped doing youtube because it was just easier not to edit videos which that's mm-hmm. really stupid of me like i, I really still want to do it but I, I just got to learn how to do it <laughs> yeah it's just time consuming yeah you got to learn how to do it and then you got to take the time to do it. Yeah. And you, I know that uh, Jimmy was saying you edit a lot of videos too, right? You have yeah. I do a lot of videography these days, even though it has nothing to do with what I'm like majoring in, but just worked but, out that way. And it's just something you enjoy doing. Like that's, mm-hmm. I think that's the important part about it. Yeah. I think, you know, you were saying before I wasn't good at video editing. The thing is, is, Video editing, I don't think it has to do with good or bad. Mm. I think it has to do with time. Because to yeah. make a well-edited video takes time. Like, mm. there's ways you can cut corners, but you can tell. Like, you know, there's... You can tell when a video has five hours put into it or 50 hours put into it. Like, there's a there's a noticeable difference in quality. I don't think mm. it's something that, like, yeah, the, I mean, you can have an eye for colors and, and spacing and, you know, and whatever transitions and stuff. But really, like, what it comes down to is do you have the time to sit down for hours at a time and, mm. and make it look and feel right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a, a great example, I did a a montage for my friend Eric that plays League of Legends and it's like it was a three minute a three minute clip with just compiled like some good plays 
I would spend like an hour to two hours just like on every 10 to 15 seconds just because I'm like, oh, that looks kind of off. I want to make it fit into the, the music better. The transitions, especially, it's like you can just drag and drop like your cookie cutter transitions like this and that. But I was like going in there in After Effects doing the what's it called? The uh, keyframe animation a little bit by hand. So just like because you have so much control over it. So it's like once you start knowing what to do, you get faster at it because you already have like you know what to do. You know where to look for like your tools. You learn and techniques yeah. and, and you, yeah. yeah. So you start to know, you get in the groove of it. Because when I started doing it, it took forever. I was like, because you don't know what to look for and you don't know like how to solve issues. Mm-hmm. So once you get those tools in your belt, you're just like, oh, this, I want it. I want it to look like this. I know how to do that. That's why I started with like doing it by hand, the keyframe animations. Because mm-hmm. once you figure out like the mechanics, like how it works, you can see those effects in like other videos. You're like, oh, I know how to do that. It's just this and this and that. Like, or the biggest thing that I started doing more recently was color correction in video games. Oh. It didn't really seem like a big thing. Like, oh, it's just like, why do you need to change the colors? Just because it it helps you set the mood and the tone when you really don't think it needs it. But it also adds like your own personal flair into it as well. So it's like, it's that little things that really goes into it. Because I could have spent like an hour or two just like, well, here's the clips, and I slapped a, like a, a soundtrack on it. And since <laughs> my friend, I really like took the time and effort to like do a good job. Yeah, that's something I really enjoy in videos too. Is when like the video lines up perfectly with whatever soundtrack is added to it. It's it's really satisfying to like watch. So mm-hmm. it's very all- satisfying to create. <laughs> <laughs> Just like oh, when, it lines when, up perfectly. All your senses are like in sync with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Frost in the Twitch chat said it's orgasmic. Mm-hmm. I, I can absolutely agree with that. Sometimes you're you're super lucky. You drop a clip in, and you're like, "Oh, let me let me hear it just to see how it works with, with like the music and how it fits in with the other clips." And then no work. It just like so smooth. The oh, beat that drops so right when something happens, and you're just like, "Ah, oh, that was oh. good." <laughs> Just got to do a little bit here and there, but it's perfect. I might need to go use the bathroom real quick, guys. Hold up. Um, <laughs> not yet. You got to hold it. Mm-hmm. You can go take care of business in a few minutes. So I want to get to present day, but there's a couple more little things in here you mentioned. It says uh, you're inspired by Jim Carrey. The first two really caught my attention, Jim Carrey and Aaron Hansen. So yeah. Aaron Hansen, he's involved with uh, the Game Grumps, right? That's yes. I, I'm familiar with that name. And then Jim Carrey, where do you explain what it is about him that just drew you to him? So um, we only had the two. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the names of the movies. Uh, Ace Ventura movies. On okay. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two movies we had for a while. And so I'd watch them over and over again. Like they were just, they made me laugh hysterically as a kid. And like, I remember even like after laughing, I'd sit there, rewind it just before the part and then play that same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny. And um, I became really obsessed with like the way he like was so animated with his body and the way he could like make his voice sound as he's doing these weird things. I was like, I really like that. That's something I want to incorporate in like how I entertain people in general. Cause um, <clears throat> it's just, 
I can't really name anybody else that like when I think about it or any other actors that really come off the wall like that. Maybe Steve Carell, but his is very specific to him. But like right. when you think of Jim Carrey, you think of like, I mean, I don't know. I think of things like uh, Bruce Almighty, um, the Ace Ventura, the second one, not the first one. And then I don't really, that's really the only movies I really think of. And it really impacted me like that. Cause like, wow. Like, He's really funny. He, he he doesn't break character when he does it. He takes himself seriously while he's doing these fucking crazy things. It's like, oh, okay, this is this is awesome. And uh, Aaron Hansen, like in middle school, we you know we would just we'd go to the library and we get all the computers so we could start doing our work. And I would end up just looking up YouTube or I would go on Newgrounds and I would watch all of his stuff over and over again, like. Uh, Metal Gear Awesome or um, yeah, any of his awesome series and stuff. And I really wanted to do stuff like that. I was like, if this guy can do it, so can I. Like, I don't even know who this guy is, but he just made it a video and like posted it. And now like, um, I remember I really wanted to like personally ask him like, hey, what is, what, what did you do to get to where you were at? And uh, he had his own webpage for a while. I don't know if it's still up, but it was like it archived all of his uh, all of his drawings that he would do and all of his um, like animations on there. And it even showed some of his voiceover demos that he had put out for uh, various companies. Like he was a voice actor for a um, like a weather app. So I don't remember what the name of it, but I was like, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And I emailed him once. I was like, so. Hey, I'm a really big fan. I just, I want to be able to do things like this too. What are some things that you would advise? And he actually replied and it made me, I was like, what? That's so cool. He was like, awesome. Hey man, you're, you know, the fact that you're even looking for answers is great. I'd say just don't ever give up. Just keep going forward with it. Um, and if you wanted to, you can show me some stuff that you do. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, he wants to see my stuff. Oh, okay. And like, I didn't have anything to show. <laughs> I was like, uh, I didn't think I'd be asked. I didn't, I didn't think I'd, okay. So I quickly drew up some stuff and I sent it to him. I didn't get a response. And I guarantee it was because he just really busy. And uh, I just, I was like, holy shit. One of my, the people that I really like care about just fucking like reached out back to me. And, and That's like, crazy. Yeah. And it, like, it was, it really just, it stuck with me. And then like, and I think it was like 2013 game grumps actually came to uh, PAX Seattle and I got to meet Aaron and Danny and um, Ross. And that was, that was like my, it just like solidified my, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I just got so overwhelmed with happiness i had them sign my copy of pokemon stadium too and aaron drew like this little like angry face of himself like yes that's what i wanted so um yeah and like especially because as movies started to evolve to be a bit like a lot of people what i'm thinking of is uh horton here's a who with jim carrey as yeah actor. he really um his performance there you can it's so weird the way that he he says things and the way that they of course the way they animate it but it it sounds real it sounds believable and that's the kind of like 
the the voice actor that I want to be able to portray. So like I, I, I like to see my my heroes and apply them. Like I see those traits. I want to make sure that I retain those and move forward with them as well. Right. Yeah. I I mean obviously they're successful for a reason, right? So yeah, if you can absolutely. in some way attempt to emulate what successful people do and try and reproduce that mm -hmm. and hope that it uh, brings you some level of success as well. It makes sense, right? Like yeah. they wouldn't do it for no reason. <laughs> like it's obviously working. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, speaking of the voice acting thing and, and how you said that he inspired you and everything, uh, I, uh, I have your demo reel. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> am, am I allowed to play it? Yeah, absolutely. I I do not mind if you want to. That's totally right. fine. Um, and if you want to, I mean, you can unmute the, uh, you know, if you've got the stream up or whatever. But I, I'd love to share with these guys and just let them hear it because it's really well done. Like some of your voices are spot on to what I would like picture for that specific thing. So if you don't mind, I'd like to I'd like to play it. I Absolutely. So. I am ready. Because it'll be perfect for when this goes out as an actual podcast, too, I think. Um, people can listen to it on uh, on their podcast. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up here. Sweet deal. Oh, let's see. Sorry if it's a little loud when I open it, guys. Oh, it's very quiet. Make it up. All right, so this is MJ Lance's demo reel. Now, from what I understand, you went somewhere. You went to like a recording place. Yeah, to so like, it. I went out to. Um, I was in Louisville at the time, and what started, like, what really pushed me to go, like, get the demo reel done was. I remember back in Washington, a demo reel was going to cost six hundred dollars. I was like, oh, oof, I don't have that kind of money. That West Coast inflation. It was mm -hmm. uh, no. And then I get out here um, at work. I actually met somebody who was uh, a rapper and he's like, yeah, actually I record all my stuff at the studio. And I was like, Oh, do you mind if I have his information? He's like, yeah, here's his number. Give him a call. Tell him what you're about and uh, see if he can set you up. And um, it's called, I think it was called 400 studio. It was on 400th Avenue. And um, he he said, I've never done a voice demo before. So you're going to have to be the one who's basically in charge of all of this. I'm like, okay. He says, I know what I can do to mix it and stuff like that, but you kind of have to direct it. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And so like, um, I set it up. I showed him what I'm kind of looking for. I brought my own material. I wrote some of my own stuff and, um, I set it all up. I had my iPad right here. I had the mic, I had my headphone, everything like that. And I'm just sitting there. I was like, okay, let's get this started. And I start, we start going through with it it was 120 bucks wow and i was like i was like dude hell yes that's so much better than back home okay and um the the idea that kind of really made me do it was that like i kept listening to all the the radio um the radio ads in louisville they all suck dude it all sounded like they just pulled someone from a college campus and said, hey, man, can you read this? Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, so come by Jimmy's Auto Parts and we'll give you a, a discount. I'm just like, dude, if, if these people are like paying them anything, they should be like uh, at least holding some sort of standard right. of professionality. Like I, I just mm -hmm. couldn't stand it. Like, I, I can easily break that standard. Yeah. And um, 
So I also was trying to get myself ready to submit to Heyman Talent, which was an agency out there at the time. And um, anyway, so that's why I ended up doing it. It was just I, I really just said, okay, let's do it. I'm I'm tired if I want to get in there. Let's <laughs> let's get this bread. <laughs> nice. All right, so we'll uh, we'll listen to it, and then uh, I have a I have one more a couple more questions about it after, but I want I'm gonna play it. So I I think I got the levels right here. Next on Cartoon Network, more of the Scooby Doo Marathon. Hey Scooby, save a Scooby snack for me. Have you listened to Cool Jazz 103.9? Cool Jazz is the only station that plays today's jazz hits. Smooth out the workday. Tune into Cool Jazz 103.9. Wednesday on Forensic Files. How investigators use viral genetic research to solve a baffling mystery. Was it a case of promiscuity or a deliberate act by her lover? Follow the case on Forensic Files. Premieres Wednesday at 7 p.m. only on Court TV. The Great Food Truck Race is back with an unexpected twist. No one's ever run one, cooked in one, or even driven one. Eight teams race across America on a life-changing journey. Who will drive away with $50,000 and their dream food truck? Don't miss The Great Food Truck Race Season 3, Sunday night at 7 on Food Network. I love that one. Hey, dudes. Thanks for coming to the stream. Now, uh, before we start playing the game, listen to the title, please. Do me a huge favor and make love to that like button. What the hell am I reading, Vinny? What? You expect me to say that shit without combating you on this? It's good. No, it's not. Hey, as the executive producer, I say it's good, so it's good. Now read it from the top. I'm not doing it. Please, I'll give you a raise. You don't pay me. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Okay, fine, what would you say? Um, hello, I'm the MJ Lance, and welcome to our stream. So good. So did, so my follow-up question to that is, did you end up getting it out? anywhere did you ever submit it to like some different places stations companies i no i not out here in seattle in louisville i ended up submitting it to hey man talent and there was one other one that was in indiana as well i didn't hear anything back and that's usually how it goes to like um a lot of times it's just here uh hope i hear something let's hope something comes out of this but uh yeah i I'm not even disappointed about it. I had fun doing it. That's all that really matters to me. I was like, hey, this was fun. I did that. That's cool. You know? Dude, if I were you, I'd make like a make like a Fiverr account or a, like there's there's tons of opportunity out there for just one off jobs doing voice work. You know, Pete, Gator Pete actually said that same thing. He's like, you know, mm-hmm. I you should probably just go make Fiverr. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I had no idea until he's like, oh, dude, check it out. I'm like, oh, oh. Wow. Oh, audiobooks, too. Did you know that on uh, audible.com, you can create a reader account and you can read audiobook? Like, you can, so like, like on Audible, so sometimes one book will have like three different people reading it. Like, really? Yeah. So you, mm-hmm. you can, uh, you can do your own reading. Like, you can, 
people make a business out of it and you can click on the person who read it and like read their bio. Sometimes celebrities do their own books or whatever, but there's sure. people who professionally just read books uh, on audible and they, it's so cool. It's, it's pretty interesting. I, yeah. See uh Bella banded in chat said, I have a friend that's a reader. So, I mean, there, oh, there's wow. lots of like the internet's a good place to, there's lots of little opportunities for sure. I would say, uh, you know, if, if you're, if it's something you're still interested in doing, there's Fiverr, there's a, there's another website called, uh, uh, what's it called? Freelance, freelancer.com or freelance.com where mm. you can just find freelance work. A lot of it's like web page and software development, but it's all kinds of stuff. And really, I would say, don't give up on that, dude. Like your voice is really good. And that the, the quality of that recording was excellent. And how much thought you put oh, into it. I love that taco truck one. Did, yeah. so did you did you write that yourself? This shit's hilarious. No. Nah, so there was an open source website that um, I took voice acting classes a couple years ago. And my teacher gave me all these resources. So I just pulled my book. I was like, okay, ah, okay, let's go look at that website. Looked it up. And um, yeah, I just cherry picked a couple of them. I even pulled a script from Rick and Morty. I wanted to play Jerry because Jerry's voice is very just like, uh, it's like, oh, hey, everybody, it's me. <laughs> Hungry for an apple? No. Did you channel yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. Did you channel him on the, the jazz one? A little bit. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. And um, I really, I don't know, like during, I'm going to be honest with you too, that the recording of that take or any of the takes was really weird because the way I have been taught is that you do three takes and then they take whichever the best one and throw it in the audio thing. But he had me do it as if like I was going to be like playing a song. Like he played the audio, like the audio would came first. He set it up. He said, all right, do it. I'm like, Oh, okay. So we, we did multiple takes. And as I'm listening to it, he's like, okay, I'll play it back. And I'd sit there. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't like the way I said this word. I, I think I want to like accentuate a little bit more, or I want to like come off that constant. I want to try it again. And um, I don't know if you can hear it, I think it was on the, um, was it the food truck race? I think it was the one before that where it was forensic files where I said 7 PM. I hate that line so much. And I hear it every single time where I had taken your inflection kind of goes up a little weird, a little different. Yeah, I did, I did I notice that. Yeah. I noticed it too. And it's because what he did was I said, I want to do that part over. He goes, okay, deleted that specific part. And then I had to just, wait i'm listening to it and i waited it and then just said it as that spot was empty and i was what? like yeah it was weird i'm like that's mm-hmm. i don't think that's how you should be doing it but i'm not the i'm not the audio editor so i'm not gonna argue but yeah i remember i i was doing something in audacity in that same way i was like because i was recording something for a school project and i was like oh i don't i don't like how that sounds so i was like oh i'll just cut it out and then re-say <laughs> it and stitch it back in. Yeah. And then I hear it back and it's like... It never sounds Yada, right. yada, 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 yada. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like... I mean... It, it's, it's really disjointed. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. fit because you're not saying the entire thing the same way now. Sometimes it can't. It comes out okay. Like, um, I think in the Scooby-Doo one, that one, the very last half of it, I, I think there were like two words that I needed to, like... Save a Scooby snack for me. I had, I, I fucked that line up so many times. And so he just kept like cutting it and throwing it back in there. But it's also at the end of the line. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can kind of already hear it and see it. Right. So it's like, oh, okay. Insert right there. That's weird. I, 
I, I still get like flashbacks. Like, I still don't know if that was right. I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I make uh, you know, like James was saying, it wasn't my intention to do this, but like because I have the skill set and my company found out, like I end up making promotional videos for my current job. I'm a software developer, but they're like, Oh, you know how to do videos? So I ended That's up cool. so like on the side at work, like, you know, I we have our products that I'm working on software wise, but then anytime they're like, Hey, we need a video for this, you know, they'll have me do it. And uh, usually what I do, I record the audio first and I do full runs of the entire thing from mm. beginning to end. And then if there's certain sections that are better and I, and it's in a controlled environment. Uh, so like the levels are all the same. So like if, okay. if these two sentences are better from this one and those two sentences are better from that one, you can kind of fudge them together, but there's usually a little space in between. I'm not cutting at that specific point and starting right there. That's yeah. never going to sound natural. Yeah. I, I remember um, there were even parts where like when he would insert it, I would listen to the take again and you would hear like a gap of just no audio. And I said, yeah. I need to cut that. He goes, Oh, okay. He like cuts the smallest part of it. I said, I still hear it. <laughs> you need to cut it again. He's like, Oh, Okay still there i guess and, that's a that's a hundred and twenty dollar mm-hmm. audio versus six hundred dollar audio <laughs> absolutely you'll never know what the six hundred dollar version entails yeah you get what you pay for apparently but uh, yeah. i mean that's it there's very i mean you can nitpick it but overall we're, we're being super picky but overall it's extremely well done and it's entertaining and i don't and i definitely think you should continue to pursue that because i like everyone i've showed it to has thoroughly enjoyed it and they're like oh wow yeah this is really well done you know so so i appreciate that so, I've, I've definitely been thinking about it too i just still getting settled in the new place and everything like that so yeah so let's talk about that before we we have a couple quick fire questions but i did want to yeah. talk about your current situation so you went back to like the midwest for a while or or wherever well, you were close to gator pete right mm-hmm. yeah i was living i think i was actually 20 minutes away from him so hmm. it was pretty fun. We, and you we only kept... hung out once. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just <playing>. twice. <laughs> yeah, but never um, a third. No, that's too many times. Now nah, he um he brought his GameCube over one time. Brought a bunch of, like a food. It's like, dude, let's hang out. I'm like, okay, sweet deal. And we played fucking Donkey Konga and uh, nice. We had a there was a couple other games that were that he brought over too, but I just specifically remember Donkey Konga because we there was fucking Smash Mouth on there. I'm just like, oh really? <laughs> oh no! Don't hate. Um, it was just it was a good time, and honestly, being out there um, kind of taught me a lot about work ethic and also the the really big differences about being on one side of the country as the other, like. Out there, it's like it feels, especially like working out there, that the environment is workers have to be worked to the bone to get the most out of their uh, productivity. Whereas on the West Coast, they still expect that, but no one ever pushes for that. Right. It doesn't feel like that to me. Mm-hmm. At least that, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I felt that that big difference. And uh, um, I, I don't know. I just, that was one of the, the like very apparent things that I've noticed going into Kentucky. It was just like, wow, uh, I don't like it here. <laughs> I don't like that. I, I'm not seen as a human being. I'm seen as a, a product that they got to push as well. So it's like, 
you're, you're an asset. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like being you're an asset to a capital. company. Yes, exactly. So, um, so you were there for a while, then you decided to head back west. And uh, do you have the stream up? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, if you could go ahead and explain what happened on the uh, the trip back to uh... oh gosh, <laughs> there were many a screenshot with you in this position. Yes, a lot, of, a lot of people might not know what this is, so I think you need to explain yourself, sir. So. I was at a gas station and there was this guy who was just bent over and his, he just had his ass just fucking out there. And he was like looking on the bottom side of these, you know, like in the same exact position. I was like, let me take a picture of that. And I walked out and later I was like, you know what? And talked to my brother. I'm like, it's going to be a long trip. Let's make something fun out of it. Okay. Let's pop that boy pussy from the East coast to the west coast okay and every stop that we went to every gas stop every like food stop that we do we take a quick picture and there was even a part where um like there was a, like a tiny gas station really like there was two people in it. it was middle of nowhere i think it was in like uh i don't remember what state it was it was like really close to kentucky and they were really creepy yeah they really creeped me out small and I was like, town gas station yeah, I was like, I'm not going to do that inside. I want to go do it outside. <laughs> so I think there's one of pictures where I'm like doing it to a propane tank enclosure <laughs> or something like that. I was like, I'm just not going to do it in there. Mm-hmm. And um, There's also one on the Dynaco. And yeah, I one, got the dinosaur one up right now. Yes. And that one was, I was, um, it was raining hard. I was drenched coming inside the car after that one. Uh, it was fun though. Cause I got to ride the Dynaco dinos. So it was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And um, the one that you have up right now, that one was probably the best one. Cause the, the store worker was super talkative. There were two <laughs> people who were watching me do it. And I ended up getting a free, uh, what is that? Uh, hot cocoa out of it. So I was like, mm, oh, nice. I'm pretty happy with this. This is cool. And I even at the end of the trip got all of my family members to do it. I was like, I made it home. <laughs> it's like it's it's like planking 2.0. I like you you started your own trend and I love that. Yes. So explain what uh, the name or the acronym. Oh, PBP. PBP. It's it's just pop that boy pussy. Pop boy pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so he when he got when he finally finished his trip. He made an official PBP logo, which is my favorite. So this yes. is uh, if anyone wants to, uh, I can say, I'll put this link in chat. It's the official PBP logo uh, yep. of MJ Lance's adventures. Uh, we're gonna start an esports team. Yes, uh, called PBP, <laughs> and this is gonna be our logo. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> I think I'm Meshi already ready to sponsor. Yes. <laughs> I think Meshi even asked me to put it as a bumper sticker once too. And Dude, I was like I uh, might I might need to upload if if I have your permission, I would love to upload this <laughs> if you have a high def quality version of it in my uh in my uh merch store. Cause I want to buy a sticker <laughs> of this or like a shirt or something. It's so good. Yeah, I um I know I have it on Twitch or Streamlabs right now. Oh, you have it? Do you have it in your merch store? Yeah, it's just a shirt. Oh, right okay. Now. I don't know how to do anything else for it. But, um, yeah, I want to get like a mug and a sticker and 
I just didn't know if I should put it on a mug because I don't know if when people drink, they just see that as I was like, like, I don't know if that's really tasteful. But then again, it's really not that tasteful of an image to begin with. So I don't know. But uh, I'm definitely, I was even thinking of like, if I go to conventions or something like that, I'll be like, I'll hand out these little stickers like, hey guys, PBP, let's do it guys. (laughs) Let's do it. Because I have have one that actually says PBP under it. Yeah, I saw that Um, one. It's so good. I love it. We need to uh we need to make that a thing. Oh here, here. I found the website. Uh or James found it. He linked it to me. Uh I don't know if you saw the link in chat, but the uh the doodles, the thing where they turn your doodles into plushies. Yes, I actually pulled it open. I kept So I wanted to show it to chat uh for everyone else out there. So this this website, they'll take a doodle that your kid did, like of a monster or a creature or whatever. And they will turn it into an actual uh, stuffed animal or a plushie. It's so cool. It's mm-hmm. it's such a cool idea. Um, Handmade by artisans. Yeah, so you can tell they try and keep the spirit of the drawing, but they just like make it look nice. You know, like this, mm-hmm. he's got like the spiral and the polka dots on that one with the the rainbow tail. This one's pretty cool. Oh, I like that one. That one is awesome. Yeah. Uh, this one, she like. I love that they made all the little, the little, each little scale like a dangly thing, and it's got like the random eyeballs hanging off of wow. its head. Wow! You got this one. The drawing was pretty good on this one. Like that's a legit. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty solid design. Wow! Yeah, for real. So it's yeah, it's such a cool idea. Um, Is that kid wearing a Minecraft shirt too? It looks like it. Eat, sleep, mind, repeat, guys. Yeah. Gamers rise up. Gamers rise up. Let's do it. So that's cool. So you're you're back on the West Coast. You said you're going to school for uh, physics? Yeah. I have. So like it was kind of, I don't know, part of me, and this isn't me like coming at content creators at all. It's more of like my own personal thing. I feel like what I want to do is animation or video editing and stuff like that. But I I can't, where I am currently at, I don't see that being a lucrative uh, job at all. Like I I just don't have any opportunities where I live out here. If I moved out to Seattle, it'd be a different story, but I'm not anywhere near there. And so I figured, well, like what if I were to study physics? I am incredibly interested in um, subatomic particles. And, uh, I, I watched a lot of videos and, uh, like lectures on basically like watching physics classes. And the guy would explain like all these different studies they do, all these little tests that you could try out at home and stuff. And I'm like, this is so cool. I want to do that. Yeah. You found so- a passion for it. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's gonna be a lot of math. I'm not, I'm not exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. But um, I remember my friends back in high school when they took the AP physics test and they were like, dude, they had a, they had a elastic band on a spring and the whole thing was rotating. I didn't know what to do. And it's like, it's a good thing. I dropped that class. (laughs) See, like I never took physics in high school. I I kept taking art classes. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. it's that weird. I'm not gonna call it weird. It's that decision between passion and lucrativity, I guess. Right. You know, it's like, do you mm-hmm. want to pursue something that can make you money or do you want to pursue what you love doing? And it's like, I can still do what I love doing with Twitch, which is why I'm like, I should probably go for this. Right. You know? Well, and, and that's, 
to give you my personal uh, story and experience on that. Yeah. So uh, I, I played drums since fifth grade. I've been doing percussion for most of my life. I'm, I would say I'm a pretty proficient drummer and percussionist. Uh, you know, I was involved in everything in school from jazz band, concert band, uh, drum line, wow. you know, uh, the school musicals, you know, like every, every, any, everything that my school had that involved music, I was playing drums for it. That's and, so cool. uh, when I got back, when I was still Mormon and I got back from my mission, I applied to, uh, BYU, which is the big Mormon college in Utah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got in on an honors music scholarship and, uh, wow. After my first like semester there, I I took one elective class that was an entry level computer science class because I had done I I'd, I'd done mostly hardware and IT stuff. I'd never done any like software, so I was like, I want to see you know I want to see if it, I'm into that. So I took one like entry level software programming. It's like intro to computer programming. Wow, because okay. I had to have some electives, and it was something I was interested in. Yeah, and I loved it, and I had a knack for it. And so my uh, girlfriend at the time, I remember having that conversation, the same exact conversation that you had with yourself about like. I was like, well, you know, I'm here on an honors music major and obviously like I was good enough to get in on that, but what are the chances of me having a lucrative career in percussion <laughs> versus yeah. Yeah. versus computer science? Cuz I'm obviously D de- I'm okay at both. Like I really enjoyed my computer science class, got an A in the class. I could see myself doing that and I could see yeah. myself actually being able to make a living doing that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I can't still enjoy music, play music, continue to practice and, and drum. And, you know, I could be in bands still, I could do it as a hobby, but maybe not necessarily as a career. Like I had that self-realizing moment where like, Oh, I probably shouldn't try and do this for a living. Cause it's, <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to be a starving musician for 20 years before I can finally make money doing it. You mm-hmm. know, that big yeah. break. So, for it. so I come. So it, it the, in that the end of that semester, I went into my advisor and I said, "Oh, sorry." I went into my advisor and I said, "Hey, you know, I, I want to switch majors." And they're like, "Well, you're here on, you know, you got into the school on honors music." And I was like, "I know, <laughs> I'm sorry." <laughs> but, they're like, "But hey, man, like, but I they let me do it, but <laughs> still, like." It's definitely something to consider because now I am a, you know, I'm a, I have a full-time job as a software developer, but I still am involved in music programs. A lot of my friends are like instructors for music programs and I'll come and, you know, get involved and the whole Twitch thing and the whole entertainment thing has always been something I've been interested in. But right now it's like, I can do all that stuff because I have a financial stability that allows me to Mm. you know have a car so i can drive to my friends you know who are teaching because i i don't live i'm about two hours from my hometown and a lot of my friends are involved in the in the music programs in my hometown so they're like hey we have this event coming up well guess what i have a day job and a car so that means i can drive down and be involved in that like like even though you you have other passions. You have to consider what's going to allow me to do the most with what I have. Right. That's a really good way to put it actually. So if I didn't Mm -hmm. have my day job, I wouldn't have this computer to be able to stream on Twitch. I wouldn't have a car to drive to, 
you know, visit my friends. Like it allows me to pursue all my other hobbies by grinding it out for a few hours every day at a, at a software company. So, I mean, wow. I definitely like the thing that kind of just resonates with that is the, I now have the ability to pay for the things that I want to do. Whereas right. if we're mm-hmm. on the other side of it, like, cause I thought about, it, I was like, well, you know, you, I was like, well, if you live in California, you could probably go and like, join an orchestra or see if any companies are looking for like a, a drummer for like a music or something like that. But I mean, I don't know the logistics of that. I don't know how easy or how difficult it is to actually land. I don't even have, I don't even know if you have to audition for something like that. either. It, you know? It's extremely competitive. Mm. Oh, it sounds like it. I mean, there, there's a lot of amazing musicians, especially like BYU's music program is insane. There's a like I I just in that first semester I could look around and be like there's so many people here that are so much better at this than me like <laughs> yeah, I I had to be real I honest with myself and be like you know what like I'm not like I could graduate with a honors music degree but I'm going to be competing against these bitches for like maybe two spots on a orchestra somewhere like you know like mm-hmm. it's so I you know I had to be honest about it and say hey, you know what maybe I'll just get a decent job for something I enjoy doing. Maybe not quite as much, but I'll have enough money to fund my hobbies and can pursue other things. Like, I don't know. It's one of those adulting moments you have in your life <laughs> where you're like, Oh yeah, you actually have to have money to do shit. Well, like you even say like, Oh wow. I have a car. Uh, my car broke, but I'd say this week actually. And so like now I'm walking everywhere or biking or asking for rides from other people. So like I, I felt, I was like, mm-hmm. Oof, no, I totally, I completely understand that. Like, <laughs> and not having a car in a place like California. Ooh. Oh, God. you're walking for a long time. You get to say hi to the cows as you're walking by. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, I mean, obviously it's different if you live in like New York or San Francisco or something, but sure. I'm in central California. You don't, you literally don't survive without a car. I mean, the, there's, there's no ifs, ands or buts about it. The public transportation here is absolute dog shit. So mm-hmm. half the streets don't have sidewalks. <laughs> Sun beating down on you. It's Yeah. Oof, for sure. I agree. Swamp Island. Nice name, by the way. Someone in Twitch chat just showed up. So a couple, uh, a couple of our fun questions. Um, Let's do it before we right. take. Well, and then after this, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll do our Chiefs beef. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, the MJ Lance. Uh, it's been really awesome to get to know you a little better. And I'm uh, let's see. One second here. I'm going to pull up these questions and uh, send them over to, uh, oops, Mr. James, too, so he can look at them. Well, these are some of the questions we like to ask our guests. There's kind of like, don't think about them too hard. Just fire off an answer. Okay. Um, so the first one that I would like to ask you, it's in regards to your affinity for Pokemon. Okay. Mm, Loaded question, Jimmy. Why is the new Pokemon game trash? Well, uh, that's, that's a can of worms, dude. Like, (laughs) so imagine mechanically in a game where they take 
everything that's fun about it. And what's a good way to put this? So take a car and remove everything except for the engine, the wheels, and a steering wheel. That's basically the new Pokemon game. You don't get all the cool bells and whistles. It doesn't actually work that well, and it's kind of broken. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's there are things that you get to do in that game that you just should not be able to do. I was I started the game, and I was in, like, the first patch of grass, and I already had Pokemon that were, like, level 70 because they were like, oh, well, no one's going to sit here and grind for Pokemon here at the, like, just before the second badge. Nah, you don't know who I am, do you guys? <laughs> because guess what? I was level 70. I was catching Ekans. I think I caught over like 300 Ekans because I was looking for a shiny one. I was like, how does this shiny thing work? Which, which, which. Oh, there's no shinies? Whatever. I'm bored. I may, might as well just like complete the game, move forward in the game. And it was just a fucking cakewalk. And I'm like, oh, well, this game was designed for the casual player in mind. But it's mm-hmm. like, it's like Pokemon Company was like, you know, Let's try and just appeal to people who have never played a Pokemon game. And okay, so literally this little device right here, it's actually really dope, but two buttons. That's all you need to play this fucking game. Two buttons, dude. They've simplified Pokemon down to just two buttons. And that, like, that uh, I'm like kind of mad but it's also like oh cool i can just play my games one-handed now and then eat a sandwich or drink something now you know it's like <laughs> it's like look at all the upsides it's just i just oh in the i think the only thing i really find good about this game is the multiplayer you can shake another joy con and your player will like just jump in the game and so now i can sit on the tv and be like hey jay's like my nephew let's go play pokemon together and we can actually go sit there and catch Pokemon again. It's, a, it's genuinely fun. But mm-hmm. as a, like, I'm obviously not a, like a casual Pokemon player. And so, like, I've, I've been playing competitive Pokemon since 2011. And then I stopped this last year. because so I was like, I don't, I don't want to, the, the rule sets that were going on did not want any part of it. And seeing that, um, like, this game was not just like a nostalgia trip for me. So it's it really cool to see those things. But that's all it felt like. I was like, oh, so they're just banking on the fact that nostalgia is going to get us through this. Like, no, I, I <laughs> you can't just say, oh, here's a reskinned Kanto region. Then uh, there you go. Like most people complain about the rock cave, like one of the hardest dungeons in that game to go through. I walked through that whole thing. I didn't even use the special light move that they gave you. I was like, fuck that move. I don't need that. I, I got that whole thing memorized. I used to do it in the dark while driving down the highway, like listening thum, 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 as you're like bumping into stuff to find my way out of this cave. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's how I had to do. We didn't have little Game Boy lights. We just had a little Game Boy and like the lights of the passing highway. That's all we had. So it's like, I don't know. It just, and the other cool feature too, is you can like, you can trade like it's a one way your Pokemon from Pokemon go into it, which is how they're like enticing the Pokemon go players to actually play a traditional Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the and, midway point. Yeah. Yeah. But they included a bunch of competitive features that shouldn't be in a, in a competitive ge- or in a non-competitive game. They they're I don't know how familiar um, the group is with the competitive terms like, individual values or mm-hmm. yeah EVIVs. Um, yeah 
I don't know how familiar they are, but basically they still included that Mm -hmm. in this game. Why? If this game is supposed to be the watered-down version of Pokemon, why include it? It just doesn't make any sense. Oh, because you can go challenge the... um, What were they? They have this like post-game content where you can fight the Pokemon Masters of the one specific species of Pokemon. I had a level 50 Weezing. That was perfect IV, 6 IV. Mm-hmm. I just gave him a bunch of candies, which maxed all his stats. And I fought this guy's level 70 Weezing and whooped that ass. I'm like, it shouldn't be this easy. It's still easy. The Master Trainers, that were, they were called. It's just like, dude, this, this is not... I mean, I knew what, what I was getting. I was getting a casual game. But they, it just... Uh, I don't know. You you would think like the post game content would be somewhat harder because even because most casual people don't finish games like that's just a given, right? So you think like stuff that's supposed to be after you've already beaten the game is some magnitude harder than the rest of it, and it kind of wasn't. Yeah, like I mean, th- there's another cool feature they added too, was you could battle the gym leaders. But one thing is they already included a like. The first Pokemon you get in the game, like your Eevee or your Pikachu, is already six IV. Mm-hmm. So you can the literally Eevee's blow awesome. through the game. And then, dude, they give <laughs> you a trainer who teaches them elemental moves. You can get electric, dark, fire, water. You break the game. And people who know how to play the game will just abuse that. I can beat every single gym leader with just my Eevee. I don't need any other Pokemon. That's crazy. Why yeah, would they- when I was watching it, I was like, wait a minute. Why does Eevee have... Four different types of moves. Like, hold on, that doesn't make sense. And then the yeah. guy watching is like, "Oh yeah, it's like they they made it as part of the game. You can't evolve your starter Eevee. Nope. But she is broken as fuck, so you don't even need to. Yeah, it's just. <sighs> yeah, I saw you, M- MJ. You were asking a minute ago when we first started. You were saying, "How do I evolve my uh, my Pikachu?" And apparently, you can't. You can't. It still gives you the option. You get a Thunderstone. And you go to the, you hover over Pikachu. It says available, but you can't do it. it says Pikachu mm-hmm. doesn't want to, or Eevee doesn't want to. It's like, well, it, it's I guess it's true to the Pokemon Yellow remake of oh, you can't evolve your Pokemon your your uh, Pikachu, mm-hmm. you can't trade him. But I mean, I don't know. Not that I'd really care to, but for Pokedex completion, sure. Which that also was super easy too, like. I'm used to the 809 Pokemon available that we have to catch. And now I got 150. I'm like, that's easy shit. I can go catch all that tonight. You know, like. I only need one hand. Exactly. And I can eat a sandwich (laughs) while doing it. It's just. uh, It was. It was not as much of a disappointment because I already had my mindset of this game's going to be shit. Mm -hmm. But. it, it, there's still a lot of points. It's like, oh no, that's <laughs> this is unacceptable, game freak. You guys have been making games since like 1990s. Come on now, you guys should know how to make a better game than this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because I saw a lot of the main critique I was seeing. People were just up in arms over the fact that it was too easy to find shinies because oh, it's yeah. like so because it's like before, like in previous games, it was like one in eight thousand hundred forty-two. I think, mm-hmm. so, yeah, a really small number. And now they've like watered it down to one in 300 or something like that. Mm-hmm. With, that's with Shining Charm, I think, though. But I think one of the biggest things was I was looking, I was trying to shiny chain uh, Bulbasaur, and I found four shinies in the span of an hour. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, 
Okay. I mean, I thought these were rare Pokemon, but whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm going to digress from that. No, <laughs> I, I wanted to give you a platform. Uh, I, I knew you had stuff, stuff to say about it. So this, your, your voice has been heard officially. We will broadcast it forth to all of the webs. And people mm-hmm. will know that the hardcore Pokemon gamers need a legitimate Pokemon game. Yeah. Yeah, because I stopped playing, I think, X and Y just because I was like, cool. It was uh, the latest one I'd buy. I missed, a, I missed one of the games. And I was like, oh, this is fun. And I was like, when does the game start? Oh. It feels like tutorial this entire time. I've been playing for like four hours. When does the game start? Oh, Ouch. And I was like, I guess I've outgrown Pokemon. Like, that has to be the only explanation. Well, like, thing. okay, so I think back to Pokemon Black and White, right? Where that game, in my opinion, was ass, but it brought a lot of uh, really cool features. And it really, that's the first game I started getting into the competitive scene of Pokemon with, because they're like, oh, this is, I guess you can do IVs. And, oh, breeding, they made it a little bit easier by including items and stuff like that. But the main part about it was that they, they tried doing a reset to the game. They gave a real, um, like, real-life look at it. Like, when I'm playing this, the main villain gets this. Feels like a Hitler, dude. He comes in. He tells all the people, like, hey, man, you guys you shouldn't have Pokemon. Because Pokemon, like, humans and Pokemon, they just shouldn't mix, you know? Like, we should let that, we should release them. And yet all of them, all the entire Team Galact- or uh, Team Pat- Plasma owns Pokemon because they want to control the entire country of Unova. It's like, that's some real life shit. I have things I can connect that to. But then you look at like the new games as they get, they move forward, like X and Y, it was, Hey, we're all friends. We're going to defeat everybody. Uh-huh. We are team flair and we like beautiful things. And then the, the main bad guy was like, I like beautiful things. I'm just going to burn the world. It's like, I mean, okay. I mean, go ahead, dude. I don't care about this world that much. It's been so. watered down pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to appeal to the masses, right? They've got to. I guess. Got to just... appeal to all the people watching those Transformers movies. Oh my god. <laughs> they still have more coming. Shots fired. Um, I, I would love to uh, hear you rant about Pokemon all night, but I do have a couple more questions for you. Okay. Uh, and this one may open a can of worms as well, but I, I have to know because I have very little experience with this and I want your input. Okay. For someone who's played almost zero hours of Kingdom Hearts, any of them, for, I, 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 I think I played the first one for like 30 minutes and then like oh, – really? I, I, not that I didn't like it. It was just at a point in my life where I just didn't have the time. Okay. Um, so for someone who is interested in maybe getting into Kingdom Hearts, what are three do's and don'ts for like a new player coming in who's like wanting to get into that whole universe? Don't listen to YouTube. Don't forget <laughs> about it. Yeah. Like, I hear too often that like Kingdom Hearts is just so complicated to get into. And I said, don't don't listen to them because like, I don't like Kingdom Hearts because of their intricate story. It's not intricate. It's basically, a, I'm not going to go on about that. Just don't listen to it, okay? It's just, the the cool thing about Kingdom Hearts is the combat. You go around, you're this dude with a key. They call it a key blade. There's nothing about it that resembles a blade, but it's a key blade. You go around, you smack things on the head, they go poof, and then all of a sudden you get experience for it. That's fun. 
And then like the boss battles are really well designed in the second game. The first one is terrible. Like you, you feel this like overwhelming feeling of like, I did it, dude. I feel so good about beating Maleficent, Oogie Boogie. Like I, the, the Disney part of it, Pat, the Disney part about it is more so the appeal to like, Oh, Hey guys, you like Disney. Now you guys can go revisit their worlds. That's genuinely cool. I don't really care about that. Cause I'm not like a huge Disney fan, but it's fun. But mm-hmm. like, just don't listen to what other people have to say about it. Make your own opinion about it. Uh, if I were to suggest starting the game, like the game series, start with maybe the the very first one, Kingdom Hearts, just because it sets the basis for the entire series. Whereas if you try to start with, say, um, like any other game in the series, you're going to sit in there and go, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Do them mm-hmm. like Kingdom Hearts two. You wake up as some other dude. And you're like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. I don't want to keep playing this because it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You try um, to read the title for the one on the DS, and you're like, 365. Over yeah. <laughs> dude, the titles yeah. of the games are a huge turnoff. It's like mm. Nexus seventy three thousand point twenty five, the third, and I'm like, third uh, what? I don't, I don't understand any of what's happening. Yeah, and like, I think now, especially since, um. Kingdom Hearts is now all accessible on the PS4 because of mm-hmm. the uh, the remakes that they've had to do. Um, it's great. I, I I can play all of them. Uh, some of the really shitty ones were turned into movies, which was awesome because now you don't got to play them anymore. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just like experience. Yeah, and the thing was too. Like I think on the disc there was one for the three five eight over two days. That is my favorite game because Roxas is my favorite character. But what they did on the disc really made me upset because a lot of the movie was just text. You get to read about what happened in the game. It's like, I'm supposed to watch a movie, dude. Don't sit here and make me read and press the X button while I'm trying to go through this shit. Like, that's stupid. But um, especially with like Kingdom Hearts 3, just around the corner, um, I would... They're, according to a lot of sources and a, a bunch of different like YouTube videos that I've been watching... I know I said don't do that, but um, <laughs> like they're saying that they're going to be including a lot of references um, to the other games like Birth by Sleep, 358 over two days, um, the data game. I That was like some cell phone app game that eventually made its own way to the DS. Like, um, I don't know. All the lore. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I genuinely love that series. Like Kingdom Hearts one is my favorite game in the entire series because of how it feels to beat bad guys. Like I went, this was before I started streaming Kingdom Hearts on Twitch. I a hundred percent of that game, got all the trophies for it. And I just, I felt so, I felt like I, I took my childhood and then gave it a trophy. I'm like, I did that. <laughs> you know, like I accomplished that stuff. And like the the it's just this story, if you really try to analyze it, just doesn't make any sense. You can't translate it to real life logic because right. you got a fucking talking dog and a duck that sit there and they help you along your journey the entire time. Well, and then you, plus you know, it like it spans so many different uh games. That like, yeah. I mean, if you if you were to take anything that spans more than seven 
episodes or movies and try and explain it in a 15 minute video, it's not going to make sense. Right. Like right. I know people give kingdom hearts a, a hard time about that, but like try, try and do the same thing with like game of Thrones, try and explain game of Thrones beginning oh. to end and all the intricacies of all the characters in, yeah. in, in a 10 to 15 minute video. It's not going to happen. It's going to be confusing oh, as fuck though. The important ones die. Yeah, everyone dies. That's simple. <laughs> That's all you need to know. But you know, so I I feel like they get a bad rap for how convoluted the the plot is. But I I imagine if you're actually playing through all the games, it gives you enough time to absorb everything that's going on and make sense yeah. of it, right? Because you're consuming it bit by bit. It's not being thrown at you and like. That's a handful true. of spaghetti at a wall, right? Like you're you're mm-hmm. you're consuming the it. Donkey video on it. <laughs> Donkey's video was fantastic. It does in like six minutes. Yeah, those are just flying at you. You don't know what's happening. The so, thing is, too, Donkey's video was actually accurate to the. the a story. lot of it. There was a couple jokes in there, but from what I've heard, he for the most part, it was fairly accurate. It really was. So you so as far as do's and don'ts, you'd say don't. Uh, don't read into the lore or do any videos or anything. Just do play the very first game. Mm-hmm. And then from there, can you kind of, would you, would you recommend playing them? Is there a chronological order versus like a release order? Like, is there, is there a certain, cause you know how people say like star Wars movies, you should watch in, in release order versus chronological order. Or there's like the, the hybrid order where it goes like, three four two five like you know like in your opinion is there a certain way that those games should be consumed i definitely would say just play it in release order because if you try to play it from the chronological order it's going to make even less sense Ah. like Mm because a game that was made in 2010 is technically the very first of the series and the game came out i think 2006 or something I, i don't actually remember yeah and um, because of that, like they, they throw, they have a bunch of smaller series title, series title games and stuff like that that are in them. That doesn't actually, I, I don't know, just just play it the way that they had released the games. You yeah. got Kingdom Hearts, Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts Two, Birth by Sleep, and I think somewhere in there is Three Five Eight over Two Days. And then after that's Data, wow, just. When you play the first game, you're gonna eventually you're gonna love the music, right? The music is very invigorating, and that's usually that's what kept me into the game. I'm like, oh, I like the music. I wonder what they'll come up with next. And like, I was not disappointed. I love the music that came from that game series, which is I honestly a huge part of the reason why I play them. I don't really focus on the story that much because I, I I do care, but it just it's not the most important thing for it to me. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now I know. So maybe I'll have to. Uh... Make an attempt at it someday. Uh, a couple quick ones, and then we're going to take our break. Um, what is a sound or noise that triggers a memory for you? And it can be good or bad. Is there a specific, like, when you hear it, like, a, it can be a favorite or least favorite sound where when you hear it, it just, like, transports you to a place in time. Uh, one example, one of our guests, the most famous example I like to give is uh, the sound of a uh, – uh, a uh, sorry, I'm being attacked by my cat's <laughs> tail. Um, a lightsaber. He says, you know, he, it, it took him to a specific time in his life, and every time he hears that, 
He remembers yeah. the first time he was sitting on his couch watching a Star Wars movie. Is there a sound for you that uh, every time you hear it? I want to say it's Mario Party. Any like there's a Mario Party Five game, or the Mario Party Five game has a lot of sounds that anytime I hear them, it puts me right back when I first started playing it. Um, Can you think of a specific sound from that game, like collecting a star or like booting it up, or is there is there a the dice as it spins? I would say it's probably Boo's voice lines. Like every time I hear like his voice lines, because. They tried to bring him back in like the newer games, but it just doesn't sound the same as the boo from like Mar like the older Mario parties or even like some of the older I think even um I don't remember if he was in Mario Tennis. I didn't really play that one that much. But like uh Boo was my favorite character to play on that game. And when I hear like his sound, I was just like, ah, oh, it just like brings me back to all the memories of like being competitive with like my dad and my my siblings and stuff and playing Mario Party. So I was just it it there's that noise or the um there's a song i mean i don't i don't know what the title of the song is but there's a mini game mode on the game where you get to build your own cars and then like compete in this like tournament style to see if you could be like the best car driver because you got like a gun you, you, it's like a i don't know mini tank game and the music from those games like um i i've I've referenced them with my family because they're the only people who like know them. But they, again, <laughs> it always brings me back right to that. Like living in my dad's old house, playing the game with everybody every single time. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to look those up. Mario party five. You said, yep. Very cool. Best uh, in the series. MJ, what's your favorite cuss word? Hmm. I like the word fuck a lot. Cause it's just solid, easy. solid it's, word. It just comes right off. You're right out, right off the tongue. Um, ass is like okay well let's define what what are curse words real quick like is it the seven curse words like whatever no it could be anything we've had uh we've had cunt uh one of our last one of our most recent guests he gave us he gave us a smorgasbord of cuss words in different languages that that were pretty fun because he's spent some time in uh in various places but uh no anything any dirty word or or like socially like unacceptable you know just it doesn't have to be the 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 sinful seven it can be any uh, phrase or word i feel so vanilla fuck is like such an easy word it's like your sentence enhancers from spongebob when they start doing <laughs> the dolphin noises dude it's like every time you say it it just makes your tongue tingle i like or, balls i say balls a lot balls i've never I don't like the way the L sounds in that word. Just ball. I I ball. say it more. As, I it's it's a, it's almost an expletive for me in the same way that fuck is. Like if I stub my toe, I'll just be like, ah, oh, fuck balls. Like it just <laughs> it's one of those words I just yell sometimes. I don't know. It just for me, it, it's a word I I utilize. These are good questions because I, ha- I haven't really like thought about this kind of stuff before. Like I remember. Like when I first started saying fuck, I felt awkward. So I like would practice in the mirror. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Just because I like, no, I knew I said a weird saying it. <laughs> the inflection's not there. I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> I, I need to like really hit that K. Let's fuck, you know? But yeah, I'd, I'd say that's, that's probably my, my favorite cuss word. Are there any funny ones? Yeah. Are there any like, like 
unusual words or phrases that you say? Uh, fun bags on that hose hound. <laughs> there you go. That is one I got from. I like it. <laughs> he's we there like we'd be sitting at a, at a mall like food court, and um, he be, he like turned me hey bub check out the fun bags on that hose hound. I'm like dad, <laughs> dad. <laughs> Why are dad dads are like I can't wait till I get to that point. Like you like we're sitting like there's been times I have a, that reminded me of an example where we're sitting there. My whole I had a small family. It was my parents and me and my sister. And we're watching some show as we did like back in the day when all there was was TV. So we're all watching like the sitcom that's on at 830 on Friday nights or whatever. And it cuts to commercial and it's some like super hot blonde walking across a crosswalk. Obviously, she has like huge boobs. It's like a Doritos. I don't even remember what it was, but <laughs> but we're all sitting there and it's, you know, we're watching the, the show. And my dad just out of nowhere is like, nice rack. And my mom just oh. like smacks him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like i don't know dad's dad they i guess once you reach a certain point you're just allowed to say whatever you want but i guess yeah. like my dad was very open with like a lot of the words and him being a military guy like it just kind of came off very fluid for him so it <laughs> that's awesome uh all right uh james any any questions you want to throw at him from the rest of the list right. there? mj what are you not very good at Hmm. Um, eating healthy. Ooh, I'm not very good at it. Like my favorite place to go is Taco Bell and I get their XXL grilled stuff burrito. Oh, chicken or beef? Uh, steak, dude. Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants over here. Steak costs like 70 cents extra, man. It's, it's so much, it's real extra, but I can't, I can't eat it the other way. Like the beef's okay. Chicken's good too, but like. Like I even keep talking with my girlfriend, I'm like, hey, you know, like I, I want to start eating healthier. She's like, oh, you know, start like eating fruits and vegetables. And I'm like, uh, I mean, Taco Bell's pretty easy, right? Like, <laughs> it's got tomato. It's got you know guacamole. Yeah, yeah, they got some healthy stuff in there. Like, yeah, it's got it's got it's got the protein. It's got beans, rice. <laughs> it has everything. It's an all in one. It even has my grains. I got my I got my 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 tortilla. Like that's our grain, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a flour tortilla there you go there you go i love it whenever a mexican word comes out of james's mouth he said it's not it's not flour tortilla it's flour tortilla tortilla flour Just tortilla instincts <laughs> i know i love it so not eating healthy that's a good one and I, i'm honestly pretty ashamed about it but it's like eh, I, it's true though it's it's just the way it is <laughs> hey, hey james say albondigas hmm Nothing. <laughs> it's like, wait, I know what that is. <laughs> Albondigas. Albondigas. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last one, I think. Room, desk, and car. What do you clean first? Room. Before your my, desk? Yeah, my, my desk is usually like my junk drawer. And then, <laughs> and then I clean the desk off. Like, Actually, today, that's exactly what I did. I clean the entire room. And then I organize all the papers on my desk. <laughs> That's and, that is uh, you are outside of our normal demographic because almost every streamer that we interview they say desk first. Really? Yeah, a lot of them are like, "Well, I spend all my time at my desk, so I keep it nice and clean." I actually, I'm a little bit more like you. I have a I, sometimes I have a giant stack of paper over here. I've got like just kind of whatever I was working on, kind of tossed about. So 
I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm a room first as well. I'm definitely room desk car. My car always has I yeah, I need it needs it needs work. Yeah. <laughs> um I like admittedly, I don't really I'm not on my computer unless I'm streaming. Like I I'm really not. Like I have a library of like maybe 40 games on Steam and I just I don't spend a lot of time on my computer cuz I I think it's just that like I don't like sitting in one spot. I just, I can't do it. Yeah. And so like when I'm sitting on stream, that's like my time to relax. I sit there and I have fun and everything. I shut it down and I'm outside. I, I go play Pokemon Go. I'll, I'll admit it. That's what I do. And like, uh, get a load I, of the normie over here, guys. <laughs> and, and, uh, like my growing up, I, I always had to share a room with somebody. And so I, you could actually see like the divider line of whose side of the room it is. If it was spotless, it was my side because I kept my side of the room spotless. If it was like my brothers or if it was my roommates or whoever it was, it's their side. And I would literally, I'd take everything and just, I'd make like a perfect line. (laughs) All like their clothes. and like, that's your sock. Put it right there. Like you keep that stuff, like whatever. Um, Like just before we started the podcast today, like, I, I had like all my school paperwork and stuff like that, all just laying across my desk. And I'm, I'm like, fuck, put it all in my folder, shove it inside my desk. And I'm like, okay, everything's clean. I can sit here for a little bit, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm the, I'm the type of person, uh, who I cannot comfortably sit in a room if it's not at least somewhat clean or organized. Like Same. since I was a kid, like if I was going to sit down in my room and play, you know, N64 or whatever, like I, I literally, if I, I could not sit down and play games, if there was clutter, I had to like put my, I had to put my clothes away, make my bed, like make like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't sit in a dirty room. It it makes me really uncomfortable. And I've always Dude, been that I'm super anal that way. You're my spirit animal. That's like- <laughs> That is everything I like. I can't, I can't even function at work. And I'm sitting here like, oh, fuck, I'm pretty sure I left my shoes out in front of my, like up behind my chair. Like I, I think about those things and it's, it's like, even today, my family was making fun of me while I was folding my clothes and hanging them up. They're like, Ooh, Jesse is OCD. Cause like these, these, uh, frames that I put up today, um, they were really dirty. And I put on my fucking latex gloves and I get some wiper and uh, some newspaper and start cleaning them off and it wasn't working. And I like, I started to snap. I was like, this is not getting clean. I, I, I don't get what's going on. And <laughs> my mom thought it was the funniest thing. She's like, ah, Jess, it's, it's easy. I'm just like, mom, you don't understand. I'm going to, I'm going to break down crying if I can't get these fucking things off of them. So she's over there helping me clean all this stuff. I'm like, mom, I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And then as I'm sitting here organizing all of my fucking clothes by hanger color and shirt color, I, I, I don't know why I just have to do it that way. Like my, I hear my sister and my mom over there is like, Hey, you put that on the wrong hanger. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't tell me how my organization. Works. I, I was going to say your, uh, your frames there, you measured the distance between them as well. Didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. T- <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I can see how aesthetically pleasing it is. I yeah. can tell. Yeah, it, it looks nice. I, I I appreciate it. My mom also helped me with that. She's like, um, "Here, let's get a ruler out." I'm like, "You know me so well. 
thank you. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, with the fucking erasing lines after. It's like, oh, that's the perfect spot. Ah, there we go. Ah, pleasing. Awesome. Well, MJ, thank you for answering all of our questions. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, it is time for a break. I desperately need to uh, hit the bucket and refill my drink. We're going to take a short, just like three to five minute break. If you guys want to mute yourselves. Okay. And uh, when we, as soon as we come back, everybody better be here because we have some hot, fresh, spicy beef coming at you. We got some Chiefs beef right after the break. So please stick around, tell all your friends, we got some beef coming at you. And uh, yeah, and we have a couple topics we want to talk about still. So stick around, we'll be back in a few. All right, we are back. If you guys want to unmute yourselves, we're going to bring the beef. It's around that time. So for those who don't know, I think by episode 50, I don't need to explain this anymore. Hopefully by then uh, people have listened to enough episodes that they kind of know what's going on. So for those who don't know, if you're here for the first time, we have a little segment here on the show. It's a fan favorite. Our good friend Mashif, twitch.tv forward slash Mashif, he makes a little video for us. He's an angry old man. He he, he hates when I call him an angry old man because I think he's younger than me. <laughs> but he, he has the spirit of an angry old man. And uh, there's a lot of things that he's just not happy about. And it's kind of fun watching him get upset about silly things. So I commissioned him to create Sheaf's Beef. He uh, He's going to give us two topics that he's not happy about. And we get to debate which one is the bigger beef. So... Uh, if you guys have that ready, we usually do it on go. So I'll say one, two, three, go, and we'll all hit play at the same time. None, none of us have watched this yet. We're all going to experience the beef for the first time together. So Sweet. when when you guys are ready. Oh, I'm ready. Have oh. that cursor on the play button. You ready? One, two, three, go. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Chiefs Beef. Welcome everyone to the ring. I'm your ringmaster, Miss Sheaf, bringing you this week's Sheaf's Beef. We're going to put two beefs head to head and figure out which of the two is the absolute beefiest. Stick around to the end because there is a right answer and I'll let you know if you got it right. Now, first up is group work. Group work is one of those things that in theory sounds fucking rad. I'm going to do 25% of the work and get 100% of the grade. But what ends up happening? You got a ton of different dynamics that just don't mesh well. <laughs> and you have zero recourse on how to fix it. Now, this in the corporate a good world, one. you're going to run yeah. into group work, and it's going to be just as annoying. I already have ideas in my head. There's uh, kudos. There's money. There's There's all kinds of stuff attached to it. But in college and everything, there's really no recourse, right? There's always going to be that person that does nothing. There's always going to be that person that tries to take absolute control over the project. And then there's the two people that are just kind of coasting by doing as little as possible to kind of get through. Now, group work <laughs> is one of those things that was put together so that way you could learn communication, you could learn skill building and working with others and relationship building and all those great things. But what actually happens is there's one or two people doing all of the work. Everyone else is giving a little bit. And then there's that one dickhead that's doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Group work is fantastic for a teacher because... They get a bigger project. They get to say all the great things that group work does. But in reality, all it means is instead of grading 30 things, they're grading like 10 things. It's perfect for them. It's <laughs> awful for the groups. Let's go ahead and end group work right now. So 
group work. You're the first beef of the week. Second beef is hype. What do I mean by hype? I just mean anytime we as Americans or just as a society get all pumped about something. <laughs> we live we in a society. So excited. You know? So we amped, do. So torqued. We're ready. Jurassic World, we're coming. Yeah. Bacon on cupcakes, sure. Cake pops, we're right there. This is going to be fucking awesome. You get everyone together in a room and they get all hyped up about something. And what happens? Your expectations are so far and above. Ooh, no man's sky. sky. That you're let down. Can't you're let down the media, your friends, Twitter, oh. whatever. Everyone said this thing was going to be fucking great. And then you get left with a steaming pile of dog shit. Or just doesn't meet the <laughs> Hype is one of those things that we just need to turn the dial back on just a little bit. Hype is great in small doses or for things that aren't going to hurt you. Pre-orders. Video games, hyping up movies that are no good, hyping up just about anything can be too much. We need to scale it back. Use just a little bit better judgment on what we decide to hype out on uh, and just kind of, you know, pops. relax. <laughs> Fucking relax, everyone. So those are our Beefs of the week, we got hype and group work. Stick around to the end. We're going to hear Jimmy, James, chat. I want to hear from all you guys and see which of you think is the beefiest beef of the week. When we come back. (laughs) I think Mashif had a couple drinks before that beef. (laughs) (laughs) A little stumbling on the words at the end there. <laughs> there was some there was some angry alcohol infused uh anyway dude those are those are both pretty good ones i think i know what my answer is but uh we'll start from the bottom up uh mj lance why don't you uh why don't you tackle these two topics and you 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 can discuss both of them but at the end of your words you must choose one okay so uh group work I was in school always that person who did the work, who brought us much information, who tried pulling a bunch of people together. I'd bring like resources and I would be like, all right, guys, let's, let's fucking do this. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so what are you going to work on? Oh, well, I'm going to get these. Like, okay, cool. Next week we meet together. Did you do it? No. Okay. Well, are you going to do it today? No, I just, oh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll make sure we get it by next week. Next week, they bring like one page that says, I looked at the website or whatever. I'm just like, mm, no. So then there's the hype. I, mm, especially with like, he brought up good examples like uh, Suicide Squad or pre-orders and stuff like that. Pre-order now and you'll get this and this and this and this. Or No Man's Sky, dude. Oh, that just boils my blood because I was one of the, the people who was like, I'm so excited for No Man's Sky. Let's fucking do this. And I get it. I'm just like, what is this? What did I pay this for, dude? And so I definitely, I definitely have to go with hype. Like that's, that's where I stand on this. Like that, like group work, we can all get over that. It's like, okay, I'll just do, do all the work. It's fine. At least I know I'm getting a good grade because I'm securing my grade by doing that. But you can't stop the hype. People are gonna are gonna get behind it. They're gonna keep coming after it. All right. Mm-hmm. What do you think, James? Well, you see, as someone that has a long historic history of procrastinating, 
group work is not my forte <laughs> no but she brought up the the idea of the one dude that like comes up and like really puts himself in charge of the group i like when that happens because he clearly dictates all right james this is what left this is what is left over what we expect of you to do can you do it i'm like i'll do it the night before but it'll be done <laughs> otherwise where it's like a group of people i don't really know and we're all like trying to put our heads together i'm just like all right guys i like i like what we're doing here i'll see you i'll see you next week and they're like all right james what'd you do nothing don't worry about it it'll be done when we need it and then it's the night before they're messaging me james the presentation is tomorrow morning 9 30 like you've done nothing i'm like guys it's 10 p.m don't worry there's more than enough time to finish (laughs) james so in those cases I'm really bad about it. I've gotten a bit better because of an experience I had last year where these two guys, like they, they really like doing their assignments like very, very early, like as soon as it's assigned. So we had a group project. It was, wasn't, wasn't even going to be presented for like a month and a half. So I'm like, all right, there's clearly enough time to do this. Two of the guys knew each other in the group, four of us. I didn't know the one guy. I barely knew the other two. And apparently, like a week in, the two guys already finished the presentation, didn't even talk to us. Wow. And I was like, you didn't even give me a chance. We didn't, we didn't even talk about this. So <laughs> I, I go, I message my, I email my professor. I'm like, professor, I did, I contributed nothing to this presentation. Give me a zero. I do not care, but I will not take credit for the work they did. And then he was like, all right, I'll just have you and the other guy do the other presentation. They can set it out. And I'm like, all right, I'm cool with that. So group work on a personal level, ooh, I, I hate it so much. I don't like having to work with others. I, I get why it's to build those social skills, how to work as a group effectively. But when you try to like get a bunch of people whose college schedules are all over the place, it just doesn't work, especially the way I work never works in in a group group setting <laughs> well with hype ooh, that that hit me hard Mashif. i felt that because i feel a lot of hype i get super excited for games no man's sky i was like that's not really a game for me so i didn't really get behind it but ooh, artifact i was like oh it's gonna be the greatest tcg ever kind of crash and burn i'm still having a bit of fun with it it's not you know the hearthstone killer it's not sue from the nation so I'm like, the hype hurt me a bit. I was so excited. But just in comparison to group work, it's like way up here. Hype is like down here. So your, your, uh, your bigger beef is group work? Yes. And uh, MJ, you're, you're, you're hype. You're choosing yep. hype for your bigger beef. Whew. I... Uh... You make you both make very valid points. I think um, hype has been an issue for a while, but I think us as human beings, I honestly, I I know I tend to be like an optimist, but I I genuinely feel like we are getting over that. I feel like we're making like as a as a race or a society or whatever you want to call it i think we've learned our lesson i think i think we're getting better like i most of the people i know don't pre-order games anymore most of the people i know 
don't buy anything from EA anymore. Like, like I, th- I, I think we've we've been hurt so many times by hype that I think we're getting smarter. And so, I hype is still an issue for sure right now. You know, with all the fucking superhero movies and and uh, you know that I brought this up on the podcast in the past and on my streams. It's something I talk about. I don't watch movie trailers anymore at all because either a, they completely ruin the movie or B they overhype it. And so like, I've noticed that I just enjoy movies a lot better if I just know nothing about them other than like, well, okay, this is what this movie is. But like, I, I actively make a point to like n- avoid learning about things I'll learn just enough to know if it's something that I might like, and then I'll just jump in. And I know that might be a little more dangerous. People, everyone wants to be safe, right? Everyone wants to like, well, if everyone else likes it, then I must like it. And that's the mistake. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hype is an issue, but I think it is a manageable issue. And it, and I think it's one of those things that affects every individual differently. There's a lot of dumb people and that's kind of the problem. And I put myself in that. I'm not saying I'm, I'm not up on my ivory tower saying you're all idiots. Like (sighs) we all have those, those moments where we fall for it. But I, for the most part, I think it's mostly innocuous. I don't think it's, I mean, yeah, maybe you wasted a little money on something and you were disappointed, but, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think I, hype is, unless you're talking about like weaponized hype. And as I think about it more, like you, there, hype can be dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we're going to, if we're going to talk about this on a global scale, but uh, group work, I hate. I, I fucking, uh, in college, the only reason that I maintained the GPA that I did and that I did so well is because I had almost every class with a, a very good friend of mine uh, who just happens to be a mathematical and analytical genius and likes writing documentation, which is rare. Hmm. He did all Hmm. that and I did all the coding. So like, we just, are you sure he's human? (laughs) He might not be. (laughs) <laughs> he he's actually already like published a couple peer reviewed papers and shit like he he stayed in academia cuz his brain is just too big for anything else um and uh but he was a good friend of mine and I just lucked out that we happened to have a lot of classes together and without him if I would have had to work in groups with other people cuz like we just had this unspoken relationship where I would do all the code I love coding like I've you know Software development is just something that I have a knack for and I can sit in front of a screen for 12 hours and just crank out whatever needs to be done. And he would write the documentation and it would be like perfectly done. It would be, you know, immaculate. It would be, you know, if there was any like if it was if we're making our game or some like 3D graphics thing or whatever, he'd handle the mathematical parts of it. We had a very, very, very good working relationship. So I didn't have a bad experience in college. But the problem is I went on to work for a company, right? (laughs) So I'm not working with that one best friend who I have a perfectly ideal relationship with. Now I'm working in an office with a whole bunch of people and there's projects that require us to work together. And I just want to sit in a dark corner and code. 
And I don't want to, like, I, I got into software because I don't want to deal with people. So group work is like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I can do it and I'm not bad at it, but I have my very strong opinions about the way things should be done. And so it's hard for me sometimes. I went to online school for a while and I looked at University of Phoenix for like two minutes mm. until I realized I talked to someone who told me that every single class at University of Phoenix is a group class. I don't know, like not from his experience. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. But he was like every class you have to work with a group of people and not and that's even worse because you're not physically even near each other. Yeah. And there mm-hmm. and there's people who who literally just go to University of Phoenix knowing that it's group work so that they they just don't have to do anything and everyone else is going to oh. pay like <laughs> it's 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 a degree mill. People know they can pay money to go to University of Phoenix and let the groups carry them through all of their work. And the one or two people who give a shit will just get it done, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, group work is probably going to edge out hype for me, I think. I think I'm going to be with James on this one. I think group work... I mean, we're a society, so we should be able to work together, but... It's expected. But But that that doesn't mean I have to like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) So I I would have to say for me the bigger beef is probably group work. As annoying as hype is, I think it's not as big of an issue as it was. I think like the late 90s, early 2000s, hype just like destroyed a generation. But we're getting better. I think we're getting better. <laughs> we can see it now. We're not susceptible to its charms. Maybe that's just my optimism coming out, but I think we're getting better. I think we're I think our bullshit radars uh, now that the internet's been around long enough, I think people are starting to be a little more immune to that. Maybe that's my hope, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know about that, but maybe I'm with the one percent of people who give into the hype. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not saying we don't, but I think I think it's I think it's I don't know. Anyway, I'm gonna there, go with group work. Times where the hype is really sweet. And you're just going to, you know, put on your rose-colored glasses and then go for it. Then you get burned. But that's all right. That's life. Can't avoid all of it. Where's the fun in that? (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm at, uh, let's see, I'm at 317. Mm Mm-hmm. Same. All right, so uh, we'll we'll let's see who we, the, uh, according to Mashif, there is a right and wrong answer. Even though this entire exercise is completely subjective, uh, <laughs> there always is. <laughs> there there has to be a right and wrong answer. So Sheaf is going to let us know who's right and who's wrong. So when you guys are ready, we'll do it on go. Mm-hmm. Ready? ready? All right. Let ready. me switch back to my media view here. And one, two, three, go. And we're back. Before we reveal the final beef of the week, I want to take a second and thank everybody that's live in chat on the podcast with us here today Woo! at Jimmy Navio's Twitch channel, oh, twitch.tv slash Jimmy Navio, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Wednesdays. Chat makes this awesome. Be here live for this. It's a great time. And now, our biggest beef of the week is... 
Yes! Uh, <laughs> I reel it back just a little bit. I have done this. I've I have been a part of this, and I'm guilty. Scale it back a little bit. Let's lower our expectations. Bring them down to reality. Ground ourselves just a skosh, just a hair, so we don't keep ruining video games, music, TV. Fucking food gets overhyped nowadays. You ever have that friend that goes, oh, the tacos from this place are the best, absolute best. Uh, Oh, that's true. They're good, Mm -hmm. but they're not the best. You're completely let down because your expectations do not meet reality. Let's lower it back. Try not to overhype shit. Give people a realistic (laughs) expectation of what to expect and look at stuff for the credit buy. Join me. I'm going to try. It's hard because we are all addicted to that fucking hype. So, hype, you are the biggest Beef of the week. Yeah, the food one. I didn't really think about that. That's true. Yeah, me neither. Oh, dude, they have the best hamburgers I've ever had in my entire life. I'm actually guilty of that. I think I have like, <laughs> there's probably like seven the best movies that I've claimed. <laughs> the best movie, guys. Come on. Yeah. She speak is the best movies. Thank you, Mashif, for providing us with another excellent beef. Um, by the way, we're actually – I'm working on uh, – it, it's going to be a little bit still, but uh, on my YouTube channel where we have all of the episodes of Hit the Bucket and we got some highlight videos and everything, we're going to create a playlist that is all of the beef uh, segments, all of the Mashif's oh. beef se- segments with with us watching it. Uh, maybe not the entire discussion, but at least like his video parts of it. So I thought that'd be for people who want to go back and relive all of the beefs that we've done. It'd be we're we're gonna try and uh, put together a playlist of all of those, so you can play along at home. <sighs> so we find ourselves at the tail end of the podcast where we just talk about random Ooh. shits. And you showed up me something cool that I didn't know about. You know, you, like you said, you're getting all, into all this sciencey stuff. Excuse me. Um, and uh, you said uh, I'm going to pull this up because it's super interesting. It says here possible site of Atlantis found using satellite mm-hmm. imagery. And I'm not going to read the whole article, but uh, if you want to explain to us kind of the gist of uh, of how how they found this and why they think it is possibly Atlantis. So there's this thing. I don't remember the name of the, the desert. There's a structure in Africa, like Western Africa in the, in the desert called the Rakat structure. And it is a very interesting looking, um, I'm going to say like, blemish on the earth it's like blue it's got these weird circles and everything like whoa what is that and um the reason why people think that this may actually be the location of atlantis because if you look at um ancient maps i forget the name of the uh historian he's like considered the father of all history or like the father of historians or something like that back in like 300 or 500 bc plato not Plato, no. He was the one who wrote the book on what... He basically based his findings off of this guy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who had these, these maps that said, like, 
this is the area of Atlantis. And there's like uh, this group of people that lived in this area that were all ruled by the king, uh, Atlas. Atlantis being the name that's saying belonging to the king, Atlas. And um, when they were like, when finally, now that we have satellite imagery, we can kind of see the, the it was like, oh shit, what is that on the map? Um, the maps that were drawn back in like, you know, 300, 500 BC era, they, they had the whole Mediterranean, they had fucking Italy, the Greece and everything like that. But right on along the upper side of, uh, um, of Africa, there was, they had Egypt, the Nile, which was really weird. It ran across Africa. It didn't just run like down through kind of near, um, what, what do they call that? The Middle East. They, it actually went through towards uh, the West. And um, if you look at, I forget what the name of the website is, but it's like you can actually see what the sea levels were back then. And it kind of raises all the ocean. Uh, where that spot is, where the Rakat structure is, it's actually at the time period of when the water had risen. That could have been an island where, uh. yeah, it's like, oh, that's really interesting. Now, none of this is like based in fact, it's all conjecture, but we can mm-hmm. just based off of all of these evidences, especially with Plato's recollection and his books stating on what, um, what Atlantis looked like two ring. I think it's three rings of land and two rings of water. Um, that structure matches that description. You can see the rings from the satellite. You go to Google images, type in the Rakat structure, zoom in on it. You can see the rings that right. show the, these things and yet scientists haven't gone through and done any studies on it haven't actually excavated anything so it's like oh that's that's pretty cool i hope they do something about that because then all of these legends about atlantis could actually be proven that this society existed you know so like it was i don't know there's a youtuber uh, bright insight i think he actually kind of covers a lot of these subjects and kind of throws a bunch of stuff adds all the links in the description it's it's really interesting no, that's super cool. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's 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 been speculation forever about like mm-hmm. Atlantis and like yeah, I just the picture that they show here is, I mean, like you said, it's all kind of speculation, but it it's kind of exciting. I mean, it's fun. It's fun to speculate. It's fun to get excited about. We're going to find a Stargate, and that's going to oh you shit know, start the space <laughs> exploration age. Of humanity. Yes. We're either going to find a Stargate or we're going to discover that the lost city of Atlantis was just a bunch of drunk asshole rednecks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they got all their coolest technologies or what the rednecks had designed their current redneck tools. They're today. like, let's build a city in the middle and then put water around it and then some more city and then some more water. Don't forget the gators. <laughs> 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 I like swimming. We need more water circles. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I I, wouldn't even, since we know nothing about the society, I bet you we're going to uncover, like, what's a, a really redneck thing my dad used to do? We're, we, we'll probably find, like, the equivalent of, like, leather cozies that have been <laughs> petrified by time itself. It's like, oh, this is cool. What is this? It was some sort of cup. Nah, man, that's a cozy, dude. That belongs around your beer, okay? <laughs> and here we have the Atlantis tractor pull, um, dated. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> We've carbon dated this tractor pull to uh no, yeah, it, wouldn't that be awesome? I, I would love to find that, like, all these civilizations that we thought were super advanced were just a bunch of fucking assholes, like, oh, right. <laughs> which is probably true to some extent. This is an ancient man's chew pouch. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is where they shot the natives. Like, just, like, <laughs> terrible, like, super redneck, oh just fucking, which, I mean, they were more primitive than us, right? So there's no way, like, we paint this picture that they're these, like, advanced societies. But you know, fucking, they're going to find beer bong in a bedroom or something. Like, Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be in some, like, it's they're, it, Atlantis is basically a structure of trailers in a circle. <laughs> That's why it's Atlantis. It's like it sunk because they ended up doing a, a big kegger party and it just fucking blew the whole place up or something. Like it's gonna be a ring of tractor trailer, just trailers oh, like no. all in a big circle. It's gonna be fantastic. They probably were assholes. Most people today are assholes. And there's a lot less rape and murder now than there was then. That's true. <laughs> yeah. hey, that's what I'm saying, man. I think we're we're we paint a pretty picture for these ancient civilizations, but they were probably trash. Mm-hmm. Ancient aliens does not do a good job. Of making <laughs> them. They, they, they don't tell the truth. They keep saying it's extraterrestrial. It's just hillbillies, dude. It's just hillbillies. Yeah. So, oh, I wanted to bring this one up uh, while you were here, MJ. Yeah. Uh, this one about the comedian. Yes. I really like this article. A a topic that we bring up here occasionally is people who are uh recreationally uh outraged who mm. uh who make it a pastime to be angry at other people uh because they have nothing better to do and to uh basically poop all over freedom of speech. And uh this one uh, was pretty interesting. This is coming from BBC. Uh, basically, what happened was a comedian who was invited. I think he was invited by a local. I think it said he was invited by like the student union or like from one of the uh, the culture groups at the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says a gig at the School of African and Oriental Studies uh, organized by the University University Society UNICEF on campus. They invited him to come perform, but then they asked him to sign a waiver. And the title of the waiver was behavioral agreement form. And they basically told him, you need to sign this and agree to these terms. If you're going to perform your comedy routine on our campus. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's so ridiculous that you would, a, a comedian of all people, you would you would expect them to follow your guidelines, and it, it's very specific. And I understand, like nobody want like it says no racism, sexism, classism, ageism, ableism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, or anti-religion or anti-atheism, and that's such a broad list of things. Yeah, that he could. Because he he specifically explained, he's like, in my act, I talk about my experiences uh, between different cultures. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to take the risk of somebody else misinterpreting what I'm saying as 
like racism, even though like it's my personal experience, I can't share it with you without fear of like what you're going to think my intentions were like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a dangerous game to play. And like the fact that they even asked him to sign this petition and didn't respect him enough to like, he's not going to go up there and say, yeah, black people are garbage. Like, like, but like by setting the precedent that you're going to have him sign this, Jimmy, well, yeah, someone's gonna clip that all over <laughs> white male streamer hates black people. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it, it's I don't know. It's a dangerous game to play, and you know, fortunately, he declined. He said, "I'm not signing that." And you know, he specifically says, uh, "Where's the paragraph where he says?" Uh, I'm uh I'm from Russia. I joke about Novichok and I joke about the fact that I'm Russian and my wife is Ukrainian, which is a big issue right now. I make fun of British people as the kind of hey, I'm a foreigner and I notice British people do this. Yeah. If you choose to find offense, then there's plenty of room to do so. I didn't turn down this gig because I'm some racist, homophobic, xenophobic, ableist comedian. I turned down the gig because if you sign a contract like that, you're exposing yourself to someone's bad interpretation. And I'm I'm really glad that he spoke out about that because like it's true. Like you can't it's like I he has to anticipate what other people might interpret what he meant by what he said. Like that's so ridiculous that he mm-hmm. that that's even a thing. Yep. And and so I just I'm sorry to rant a little bit, but I saw this and you know, uh not to drudge up old things, you know, I we've personally between us have had some some issues with other people interpreting what we intended to say when we didn't Yes, have, have certain intentions. So I, I think w- any time that you assume to understand what someone else's intentions are, you're playing a dangerous game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? I just I, I wanted to bring this up and talk about it a little bit because it's something that's been going on for a while, and it's it's kind of I don't know. I would say the best example of it how an English teacher can make any text from any any piece of literature mean whatever they want it to mean. People can make, you can basically take anything anyone says and derive your own meaning from it. Mm-hmm. And it's what they do with it that really shouldn't matter. But these days, like someone says, oh, I interpreted this. And then it gets blown up by like a media organization saying like, oh, this person's outraged because of what this person said. But it's like, it's a non-issue, like you said earlier. Like people are going to find a way to be outraged by something, and they're really digging in a lot of cases. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it really just boils down to censorship. Like there's so many situations that I, I see this happening where, like, if someone doesn't like the way that they said something, especially when it comes to uh, personalities in general, they have to be very careful about how they say something, how they joke about something. Like someone can't just like hear a joke and be like, Oh, he was just genuinely making a a point. It's not a, you know, like Jimmy said, he doesn't like truly think black people are trash there. It's just like, it it was just an example or a joke. That's usually how comedians start something. You know what I'm saying? And then the, the, the media or whoever, We'll say, well, that offended me because, you know, 
Like I relate to that group, for example, it's like, okay, well, you've got to understand my job is to make you feel uncomfortable or think differently about these sorts of things. That is what I'm supposed to do. So if I, if I sign this contract and I have things that specifically, like I know how, what my act is and it's going to collide with this. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm right. sorry. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how the freedom of speech works in the European countries, but I know over here it, it, in our social climate, it has it has really given a lot of people the, the platform to just shit on people for no, no reason at all. You, you, if you don't like that person, you could take what they say and make them look like the bad guy because they said something that offended you or you just don't like them or have no reason, but censor them. Let's just put fucking ban hammer. Bam. Now you can't talk. Now you look like a, like a fucking bad guy. Whoops. Maybe you just shouldn't have talked to me. Sorry about that. Like, Oh, I, I think, I think, the most dangerous part for me in this whole thing, like I, I've talked to people on both sides of the aisle and I respect their opinions on both sides of the aisle. Mm-hmm. And I am a, I'm a very firm believer. Like our, our founding fathers could not have anticipated the internet, but what they did anticipate is people jumping to conclusions, right? Due process exists for a very, very specific reason. Due process is the is the idea that you're innocent until proven guilty and you should be given the opportunity to defend yourself and people shouldn't automatically say, oh, is, well, if that's what happened, then you're guilty and you hang him. You know, like right. due process is the is the opportunity for you to prove that, no, that's not the case. This is what actually happened. But. The problem is that the internet has kind of stripped society from due process a little bit. And Mm. that is a, like, because like, for example, you know, you have the, there's that one example of the comedian, the, the female comedian, right? Uh, Obviously her, her, her joke was in very poor taste. It wasn't a good joke and it was kind of offensive, but uh, she, uh, I forget her name. She was about to go do some, some, I forget what it was, but she was getting on a plane to go to Africa. And I don't know if you guys remember this, but she, right before she got on the plane, she, she sent a tweet that said, um, on my way to Africa, hope I don't get AIDS. And it was like, it was like, I do remember this. She's an offensive comedian. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's what she does for a living. And she made an offhanded, like off-color joke. It was probably not in best taste, but before she landed, she had lost her job. Like it, oh, like basically, wow. while she was, she you know, she turned off her mobile data or whatever because you know, on the plane, you're supposed to turn off your cell phone or whatever. As soon as she landed, she got like a hundred messages from family and friends saying, "You need to call me right away." Blah blah blah. Like she got completely eviscerated by the entire internet and Twitter and everything that like, you know, they, they found out who she worked for and there was this huge outrage. She had no idea any of that was going on. She was up in the sky in an airplane. And before she landed, she had lost her job and her career was ruined. And Mm -hmm. like, she never had an opportunity to even have a discussion about like, Oh, I'm sorry for what I said. It was probably in bad taste, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Like there was no due process whatsoever. Society just or not even society, probably a small minority of offended people made an uproar and basically got enough momentum to ruin this woman's life. Mm -hmm. And that's what's scary is the fact that like, 
you know, if if I say if I say one wrong thing, like you said, what I said earlier, the example I used, someone clips that right and posts it out there, finds my real name. Like I, I actually go through quite a bit of effort to not expose my like. I try not to connect my real name to what I do on Twitch for that specific reason. Because, you know, two or three assholes decide that they're offended by something I said and they find out who I am and who I work for and they, you know, send a video clip to my CEO and say, hey, this is the type of people you employ. We're going to to boycott your company. And all of a sudden, you have a real problem on your hands because social media makes it so easy for that stuff to spread. Mm -hmm. It's like... That that's a that's really scary. Like like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I feel like on that same note though, you sh- I mean, you should be able to trust your employers to talk to you about the situation before anything like that happens, you well, know? Like- it, I, it depends on the company. My CEO is actually a pretty chill dude. I don't think that would happen in my case. But like if you're a yeah. public facing figure for a company like this girl we're talking about, I mm-hmm. I wish I could remember her name. I could look it up, but like, you know, if it, let's say you're you're a marketing rep for a company, you know, so you're expected to represent the company and, you know, you get drunk with your buddies and you're, you know, in your friend's living room and someone makes an inappropriate joke, which you happen to giggle at, which maybe not be in the best taste or whatever. People make mistakes, but one of the people in the room just happened to have his cell phone. I mean, look at what happened to Michael Phelps, right? Like he took like one hit from a bong or a or a oh. joint or whatever. Oh yeah. And like he was lambasted. And it's like people can't be people. I don't like we can't make mistakes. Like it's immediate judgment. It's a zero due process. It's like, nope, you did this thing and we've decided as a society that you uh no longer deserve to have a job. You no longer deserve to uh, be respected and uh, you're you're subhuman now because you didn't live by our specific subset of rules. So we're just going to make your life unlivable now. Like yeah. it's, ah, it's, it's scary that, 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 that power exists. And it's like, it's not even in anyone's specific power. If it's, it's like you can literally make a case for anybody be like, you know what? I don't like them. Let's just comb through their social media and see if they've said anything that could be remotely like seen in a bad light. If someone mm-hmm. really wanted to, they could go through that effort and probably get away with it. And well, that's terrible. There's the whole Kevin Hart thing. Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Did you hear about that? So he was, he was uh, slated to host the, uh, what is the Oscars or the, one of those big award shows. He was, he was, he was pegged to host it. He had been invited to host. He was like, and then, uh, you know, Kevin Hart, he's been on Twitter for years, right? Mm-hmm. And he blew up. He's one of the biggest comedians of our time, right? Like, he sells out stadiums and shit. Like, he's made a name for himself, and he's a very successful um, pegged oof. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, he's a very successful comedian and actor. And, uh, you know, a long time ago on Twitter – he made some offhanded jokes or remarks about, um, you know, it, I hope my son isn't gay or, you know, like, I, I don't know. He said something. He made some some comments years and years ago and uh, somebody dug those up. Uh, someone was, you know, saw the opportunity where they're like, no, he's not going to host this award show. Look what he said back in 2008 about this subset of people. 
and it it gives it gives people zero opportunity to grow or mm-hmm. learn. Like mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you, in high school, I'd said some fucked up stuff. I'm really glad the internet was not as big of a thing as it is now when I was a kid, because <laughs> like there's no room for forgiveness or growth if you do that, right? Like, what's he supposed mm-hmm. to go back and delete all of his old Twitter messages? If like, I I don't know. It's yeah, a, a great example of that in a microcosm is just like look at Reddit. And how someone puts an opinion out there. And then if it's an opinion, you know, some people might not agree with. The first thing you see under as a reply is, well, I look through your comment history and you post here, here and here. So obviously you're an idiot and you, you don't like mean anything. And it's like, what? Or, or yeah, yeah like, like those people who are willing to dig through the communities this person hangs out with and make a judgment about who he is or she is based on the people and the communities they associate with. Or like, yeah, there's people who like, if they disagree with your comment on Reddit, they'll go through your entire history and downvote every single oh, comment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you literally have nothing better to do with your fucking life than to just like try and ruin my day. I, mm-hmm. I, I bet. It's, like, it's, it's internet karma. It, it means nothing. And yeah. you have this value on it that I'm going to reduce his and comb through it down by all of them because I think it has a value. It's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty outrageous. I I don't know. I, the pendulum swings both ways though. And I feel like, I think enough people are kind of speaking out again. That's a big, one of the big reasons I love the, your mom's house podcast is because they just laugh at that shit. Like uh, Tom Segura in his last uh, comedy special, he had a whole bit and it's funny because he had an entire bit and the bit started with, well, you can't say retarded. And that, like he was literally saying, <laughs> you can't say retarded. And he was explaining why you can't say retarded anymore. And that was the bit. And people were like, oh, he used the word retarded. He's like, no, I was literally explaining why you can't say retarded. Like, like it was oh, so funny because he proved gosh. the point with that bit he's like i the bit was literally me saying why you can't use that word anymore and people got mad that i used the word in that bit to explain why you can't use that word like it, it was kind of meta but like it was pretty funny how he just kind of proved the point like on itself right? yeah mm-hmm. but anyway i i i think i think you know when you've got and there's enough people out there like bill burr and tom segura and Hopefully the comedians, a lot of comedians have straight up said, I'll never, uh, I'll never perform at a college again. Well, it like, I think there was another article I read recently about the, actually, I think it was in the same article, the one that you were, that we were, that we're talking about where, um, like, I can't remember where, what line it was, but it's basically, basically saying that like universities start out as being this place of freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's, it's, uh, and I, I've seen it too. Like I've seen it become this, this, this very oppressive, uh, they, they call it a woke society. I'm going to put quotations around that. Right. Because there yeah, is a woke. level of like understanding, like if you, if you see things that are going on and you understand you're being taught like, Oh, Hey, so you probably shouldn't say retarded or something like that. And here are the reasons why it's offensive. Like there's a level of, Hey, just don't be a dick, okay? <laughs> like that's a, it's a pretty simple thing to do, but people people take that as well. If you say the word, then you're a bad person, you know. 
if you say retarded or if you say like I don't even I can't even think about any other words it's just like if, if you are a genuinely just trying to like even like um, the podcast example you're saying it, he's just trying to give an example and people are getting mad about it because it, it's just a word you know and granted words have power words hurt people and this is something that we do have to understand and what we say can actually hurt people right but in situations where we're a comedian or we're a public figure or we make a joke about AIDS when we go into a country that statistically has a high rate of AIDS like it's in bad taste let's be real but like lighten up guys she's not attacking anyone or he's not specifically trying to belittle a group of people there's there's no connection with the two except hey I'm just trying to Hey, let's just make a little, let's have a little fun about it. It's okay to laugh about things that are like, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't really know how to go forward with this. It's just, I like, I know for a fact growing up, I've said things in, in bad taste, but it's always with people that I care about. And I know I can trust. And now that we're in this, like this society where people are, do genuinely get hurt over the smallest things and choose not to have a conversation about it. Like if I hurt you, I hope you'd come to me and say, Hey man, did you mean that? Why did you say that? Can I hear what was going on? I didn't think about it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think that how it would affect you. I'm sorry. I, I genuinely didn't mean to do that. You know, it's, it's as simple as having a conversation, but no one wants to have it. They just want to be mad, you know? Right. Well, and I think that's what really needs to happen is conversation. Like, yeah. Um, I and also just maybe maybe assume better intentions like again I'm sorry for being such an optimist but in general I tried my best to assume that most people have good intentions and I don't think it does anyone any good I don't think it's productive for society as a whole to walk around thinking that everyone's trying to offend you all the time like it, that that's not going to make you very happy and it's not going to make you very successful and it's not going to make anyone else very happy. And maybe if you just give people uh, the benefit of the doubt a little bit more and just say, oh, maybe maybe he didn't mean it that way or maybe he was just trying to be funny or maybe I should just kind of take a step back and think about this. Because I mean, even uh, there's times like there are definitely times on these podcasts where <laughs> where we've made jokes to each other i mean like you know we it's what we do like i make fun of you know the way james pronounces certain mexican words or like I'm, i'll bring up like that he has a large family or i'll say la chancla or some shit like i'm not racist like i it, it's just or are you <laughs> yes <laughs> fuck your country uh build a wall no i it's <laughs> <laughs> I it's that's that's humor right like it's sometimes those things we why can't we point out some generalizations that they, they may or may not be true but like i i personally know that james comes from you know when he's in california he's in a house full of people i know that because his brother's in the same room playing Fortnite when we're trying to do a podcast like contextually i know him well <laughs> enough to be able to poke fun at it but someone out there could easily be like oh he shouldn't be saying lechonkla that's cultural appropriation that's our culture's joke that's our culture's you know whatever Casual child abuse? That's that's our thing. <laughs> you can't take that from Do, us. Are you familiar with Lechonkla, MJ? Do you know that Lechonkla no, is the sandal? It's like in in Hispanic culture, like it's a common thing that like 
your mom or your grandma or your aunt will take her sandal off and smack you over the head with it or throw it at you when you're not behaving. Oh, so there's so there's this joke about lechonkla is like a weapon. It's like a, a disciplinary weapon that uh, <laughs> it's a, you know it's a joke that I make occasionally because my good friend Tony that I grew up with like he would make that joke all the time. So like you know it's just something I'm aware of that I'll I'll, I'll joke about and. It could easily, you know, be taken as offense if someone didn't know the relationship between me and James and they just right. showed up and I'm like, watch out for that Lachancla, right, James? Like <laughs> oh, si, <senor. laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking like I don't know. I, I think I think we all just need to chill the fuck out and maybe assume that we're not trying to kill each other or offend each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we don't need contracts to do that. We can just respect each other enough to say, hey, okay, yeah, you said something that like stung a little bit, but I can leave the room or I can, you know, choose not to uh, follow you on Twitter or support you. But I don't, you don't have to go attack people and ruin their lives just because you don't agree with them. I don't know. Well, because like people always talk about how like we want to be all inclusive, accepting of everybody and being able to like have conversation around this, but no one wants to do that. And like, when I hear these examples, it makes me think of uh, me and my girlfriend, she's black and she makes fun of me for being white as fuck. (laughs) You have no rhythm. You are like the whitest white boy. I know. I'm just like, Hey, I own it. I wear it like a fucking badge, dude. Like I'm fine with that. And other people make fun of me about it too. And it's, it's like, I, I like that because it means people are paying attention to me. It means people are, are showing that like when you make a joke about someone, you're taking a truth. It's not a stab. It's like, Hey, it's like, isn't that kind of funny? It's like, Oh yeah, that is kind of funny that you do that. Jess, it is kind of funny that here's a really weird example I'm about to share. I, I asked her, I was like, Hey, so have you ever just like put water in your mouth, lit on the ground and had a dog lick, a, lick it out of your mouth? Like, what? <laughs> what? I said, yeah. Like, she's like, I think that might be a white person thing. I'm like, no, like, <laughs> darn white people (laughs) i'm like uh okay i guess maybe that's just me (laughs) (laughs) i i think that is a just just a you thing (laughs) you're on you're on your own there i'm not claiming that one (laughs) (laughs) you're not a dog person if you haven't done that (laughs) (laughs) look if you haven't given your dog some water out of your own mouth like a bolt are you, do you even care about it? Have you, you even don't. lived? <laughs> you haven't lived until you've had your dog drink water out of your mouth. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I think I think we can all just have a little fun, and uh, and uh, sometimes generalizations are funny. I'm sorry, but they are. So you know, it's it's not it's not going to change. As long, I, I think as long as it's not in like, as long as it's not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intentionally harmful. Yes, thank mm. you very much. Harmful isn't the word I'm looking for, but it fits. Malicious. Yeah, there's a, there's a specific word I'm looking for. I can't think of it, but yeah. If <laughs> you can't just assume that everyone's trying to hurt you. Yeah. Like that's your own insecurities that you need to deal with. Like I don't know, I think society could benefit from a little bit of thick skin. And I joke about it, but like <laughs> I I don't actually want anyone to die, but like 
many comedians have joked about the fact that it's been too long since we had a war and no one has anything to actually be mad about. <laughs> right. Like there's like, we have to create problems to in our lives because we have it so good. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's enough ranting about that. But I think, I think let's just, let's just let people say what they want to say. And if you don't like it, cool. You don't have to like it. It's okay to be offended. Yeah, it is okay to be offended. Just don't like attack the people and ruin their lives. Don't get like, I don't know, this person didn't destroy your life saying that one thing, right? I don't know. Like, anyway. Anyway. Just be awesome to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And bean juice or something. <laughs> I don't, we don't bring that up here. <laughs> it's from a previous pot. It's, it's from one of the Sheaf's beef. We'll have uh-huh. to. I, I almost feel like when we have new guests, we they should have to watch all of the previous Sheep's beefs. So getting that... dead <laughs> the podcast just grows in length every time. No, 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 not on the podcast. We should just send <laughs> yes. them a link to the playlist so they have to like be uh be familiar. I'm still partial to sinks. <laughs> the whole sinks thing was pretty funny. But moving on, I don't want to. I don't want to sit on that too long. I just thought it was worth discussing. Um, this is pretty cool. Uh, before we're getting close to the end here, there's a couple topics I wanted to touch on briefly. So you know how uh, there was all of that back and forth about letting games be completely cross-platform between uh, Sony and Microsoft and uh, PC, and it finally happened. And some there's been some leeway like finally everyone decided to be nice about it so epic jumped on the opportunity and i think what they're doing is super cool the cross-platform services that they developed for fortnite they're going to make those available to everyone so what that means is if you want to develop a game and you want to make it cross-platform, but that's a lot of work to get it to communicate between all of the different protocols and APIs and everything. It gets really technical. Well, basically Epic's like, hey, we developed this already. Like we've got this platform that you can use that you can – so it will save you you know, hundreds of – probably thousands of hours not having to develop this chunk of stuff – so that you can make your games cross-platform. So that is insanely exciting. If mm-hmm. if people actually see the value in this and utilize this technology, we could see a lot more cross-platform games in the near future, which is awesome. Because I have you know various friends who own different consoles, and it sucks because it's like, oh, yeah, I just bought Black Ops. Oh, I bought it for xbox oh okay well fuck you mm. you know like i can't like i can't i can't play games with you because everyone has different games on different platforms i would love to see this get some widespread use so it's a short article i'm not going to read it um i can share the link with you guys but it's very very exciting from a technical standpoint if developers don't have to waste time creating these platforms they can just use the one that epic built I love that so much. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the last episode, we talked about companies open sourcing and sharing their technology is generally for everyone's benefit. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm super excited about it. That being said, Epic, they're making moves. 
They're trying to. Uh, yes, they are, dude. They're trying they to. I mean, they have so much money right now. Fuck Fortnite. <laughs> Come on, Shady. <laughs> Dumbest game. I mean, I only play CS:GO Royale. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's got to be a reason. So many. Obviously, a lot of people like the game. So, I mean, I. I a lot of kids. Fortnite is trash. <laughs> I'm with you. You guys are a bunch of haters. Everyone else is going to keep playing it and enjoying it. I don't play it, but I'm not going to hate on it. That's, you know, it it is what it is. Nothing but 12-year-olds. Anyway, my point being is Fortnite has been so successful that Epic's sitting on a mound of money. Mm. And just Prince Cash. Valve found themselves sitting on a mound of money when uh, you know, Half-Life and Counter-Strike and all of their original titles exploded and they built Steam and now Epic is sitting on a mound of money and they're like, hey, Steam's making lots of money over there distributing all these games. I think we should probably do the same thing. So they're developing their game market platform just like everybody else. Even Discord has a fucking store now. Everyone's building their own distribution platforms because they see the money in it. And I'm okay with that. I love competition. The only thing that bugs me about it is the fact that I have six different launchers on my computer to play different yeah. games. So I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about Epic getting into the game distribution? Personally, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Like I was reading in the article about how they were talking about like, oh, yeah, you know, so uh, the way that Steam is set up, like a lot of the reason why I don't play games on Steam or even look up games on Steam is because it feels so cluttered. I, I I feel so overwhelmed. I don't like clicking on a page and see all this fucking information, all these peer, these peer reviews and stuff like that. I'm just like, I just want to get a simple synopsis. Like the Nintendo eShop, for example, is for the Switch is really easy to go through. It just says bestsellers, fucking new games, new games coming out and enter a code in it's super simple you click on it here's a video do you want to play it you want to buy it it's it's that's simple and the way that the article describes how epic games is going to design theirs sounds a lot like that and that it's going to have closer relationships with developers and the uh players and i like that where in steam it just feels like a bunch of people like oh, wow, this game is good, but like, here's some things I didn't like about it. That's cool. That could probably be shared on like their Discord channel to help better it. Or, I mean, now that we have Discord, you know what I mean? Like before, I think it was very helpful for the time. Yeah. But now we have a lot more resources that can really help improve those ty- that, the type of communication you have with your fan base, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. What do you think, James? Do you have an opinion on this? As long, see, here's... As long as all these platforms play nice with each other, I'm okay with it. Because it's like a big question a lot of people have been coming in, you know, talking about Minion Masters since I moderate their Discord. A lot of people come in, they're like, can people playing Minion Masters on the Discord store play with people on Steam? Because I own it on Steam, Mm -hmm. but it was free to play on Discord first. So my friends have it on that. Will it work? And I'm just like, yeah, it's cross compatible. Like there's no issues there. So as long as like all these different platforms are going to play nice and like you can play with people on different ones, then it's okay. But if it starts being like, oh, well, if you buy a game on the Epic store, they have their own like subset of Epic servers for this game that don't talk to the Steam servers, that don't talk to the Discord servers. That's where I can see some issue come in. But if they all play nice, like how they're doing for the most part now, 
then it should be fine. Because I know like you play and Origin, you can buy their games through their service, but or buy it through Steam, and then it just opens it on Steam through the service, so there's no issue. Mm-hmm. But if it's like okay now. If you want to play Rainbow Six, like it doesn't play nice with Discord, so you can't play with those people, then it'd, it'd probably be a huge problem. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, God, that that's like a whole hour discussion from a technical standpoint because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously that's a concern, the whole cross compatibility concern. And the problem is with that if I can explain this as succinctly as possible, each platform has their own API and their own Mm -hmm. tools that they're going to provide. And that's where it's tempting as a developer because, you know, PC is an open platform. If you develop your own multi, uh, your own network stack and your own multiplayer communication API, then you don't have to rely on any of these other APIs. And for those wondering, uh, application uh, programs need tools. They they need to be able to use something in order to communicate. Like, like the network stack is what lets you play multiplayer games. You either have to have one, build one, or use somebody else's that they developed. Steam has an entire in, – in their application – in the tools that they give you if you want to develop a game for Steam, they give you access to their multiplayer tools, their server tools, all that stuff. But they're Steam-specific. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to develop that shit. Like, you know, the achievement, there's there's an achievement API where you can just plug into that and, you know, have build your achievements in Steam. Same with, like, the server stuff and the, and the multiplayer stuff and the... Uh, the trading card stuff, that's all stuff that Steam provides through their software connections. So it's tempting because they've been the biggest player to say, oh, Steam has all these tools. I just have to make the game and then I can connect my game to all of those tools super easy. But if you rely on those Steam-specific tools, they're only going to be on Steam. So mm-hmm. that that's that's kind of a tricky situation because, like you said, James, like if if somebody relies a hundred percent on the Steam server browser and the multiplayer tools, because a lot of games, if you say if you want to invite people, it pulls up your Steam overlay and you ha- and you invite them directly from your your friends list because they're using the Steam API for uh, connecting people through multiplayer. Interesting. But, mm-hmm. but I didn't know these things. But what happens if they decide they want to put their game on Discord? They can't rely on that. So they either have, hopefully, Discord has a similar tool that they can tap into, or they have to develop their own, which is a huge uh, time sink. I mean, that's a that's a ton of development hours to build a matchmaking system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, a big question that comes up as well. It's like, oh, like I already play it on Steam. Can I link my accounts? And it's like. No, and they're like, well, there is there like a plan to? No, yeah, because it's like you can't get them. To, you can't get the two services to talk like that. They're not going to share that information, right? Because they're using Steam specific API calls on the Steam version, and those calls just aren't available on any other version. Hmm. Like, like for example, Ultimate Chicken Horse. You play it on Steam. You know, if you go to the little console and you say "invite friend," your Steam overlay pops up. 
Like that's a connection that their game has specifically with Steam's software platform. Okay. So wow. that 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 is where there could be issues where people would, might be less inclined to take the extra time to make it playable across all those platforms. So eventually, there's probably big money in that. Honestly, if you wanted to, if, if someone, <laughs> you want to be a millionaire, I'll tell you right now, get a development team to create to start creating because it's going to get worse over time. A plug and play uh, development toolkit that will be, allow your game to be cross platform on all of the different distribution tools. So whether it's steam or humble bundle or discord or epic that would be that'd be valuable the twitch service that no one uses the twitch launcher so ex- exactly what epic games is doing right now for cross console someone's eventually probably going to have to do that for all the different pc platforms so games will play nice with each other well i feel like steam is making a good step forward especially with their new um inclusion of like linux and things like that a lot of their games have like my my cousin was really he has linux everything and yeah. he was really happy to hear about the the changes we're not going to act like I, had, I understand what was going on but he would show me he's like dude check this out i couldn't play this game anymore now i can and it runs great i'm like wow that's that's awesome man i'm like yeah from a side that that's more from a software executable standpoint like if you're talking about uh, the the software just physically being able to run, uh, and and a big part of that problem is because on Windows there's DirectX. Mm-hmm. Uh, DirectX is the basically the audio video 3D platform that Microsoft developed and provides for free to developers who want to make games on Windows platforms. The only alternative to DirectX is OpenGL and then third-party like sound libraries, but the money is in is in Windows and and DirectX is really easy to use. It's really easy to develop a game using the Windows development, like with C Sharp and DirectX and and all. Like, there's so many tools out there to to like squirt out a, a Windows game fairly quickly. There are platforms like there's Video Game Maker and and uh, Godot and that have cross platforms tool cross platforms cross platform tools that will like uh, you can compile it in multiple languages, mm-hmm. but but the appeal of DirectX is very real because mm-hmm. that's where most of the market share is. Like if if ninety percent of PC gamers are on Windows, why would I waste time? tracking down all these extra libraries and stuff for the 10% that are using Linux. But but what what Steam and what Valve did basically is they're like, okay, well, we're going to develop a set of tools to convert or to wrap up your DirectX games so that they'll play on Linux and you don't have to rewrite all your code basically. So that so they made it easier. They made it significantly easier for you to port your games from Windows to Linux, and and that's amazing because I yeah I if it if as a developer if I didn't have to rely on Windows for games I would not use Windows at all. Mm, I've heard that a lot actually. I I love Linux. I use it at work every day. Um, but 
when I get home, my PC is Windows PC because I'm a gamer. <laughs> so yeah, it's getting better. It's definitely gotten much better in the last few years, much thanks to Valve. But it's a uh, it's an uphill battle be, unless people decide to adopt those tools natively. DirectX is just still too appealing. It's too easy, and it's the you know the majority of the market is still on Windows. So. Mm. Anyway, that's a lot of nerd talk. Not to put you all to sleep, but it's 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 really interesting. There's a lot of challenges. I and I agree with you very much, James. That uh, that's a concern, and and it's also a concern. The whole exclusivity thing that we battle with consoles that's never existed really on PC, ex- with some exceptions. It's starting to happen again, and that's scary. Like for example, that Hades game that I just got. Yeah, it mm-hmm. is only on the Epic Store. It's an epic exclusive. It's not on Steam. It's not on any other platform because they're trying to get people to use their platform. And that's where I'm like, shit, like, you know, like, and then uh, Blizzard, they're the worst. I mean, uh, there's no other place to play a Blizzard game other than using the Blizzard launcher, right? Yeah. So the, the whole exclusivity thing that, we deal with on consoles is now an issue on PCs as well, except it's not different hardware platforms. It's different software platforms, mm. And it's super fucking annoying. Anyway. Yes. We're nerds. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it, it's worth talking about. We gotta, it's, we gotta discuss this shit. It's in, I mean, I don't know a lot about these things. And so hearing like a developer standpoint, it really helps me like, Oh, well, I didn't even know that was a problem or I didn't even know that was something that needed to be talked about, you know, like it benefits me to hear about it. So, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. but so real quick, last thing I'm going to say about it, the guy who has been developing the Epic store, interestingly enough, is the same guy who owns and operates Steam Spy. I don't know if you've ever used Steam Spy. But it's basically a platform. Go to steamspy.com. I use it all the time. It's a platform for analyzing Steam uh, game sales and popularity. Wow. So this guy is very, very versed in like what works and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's basically been a spy. Like Steam Spy, the name, it's funny because the name of his website is literally what he's doing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like he's spying on the game. He knows what people are into. He's spying on Steam's market and the whole time he's been he's been working with developing Epic's store. But one one good thing I will say about what Epic is doing, the cut that developers get is better. From what I understand, like Steam's got like a thirty percent I think if you put if you put your game on Steam, I think it's a thirty percent cut that they get. It's pretty it's pretty significant. Uh, I think Epics is better. I'm, I don't take me. I mean, do your own research on that. But from what I've heard, is that Epic is going to be a lot more forgiving or a lot more gracious with their uh, their uh, commissions as far as like using their platform, and I mean, and also um, they're going to be a lot more active in curating the games that they put on their platform, which I'm very excited about because steam basically just opened the floodgates. They're like, you got a hundred bucks. Cool. You can put your game on our platform. There's a lot of absolute dog shit games on steam that clutter. Telling me that I can't get the entire soccer spirit franchise on the Epic store. (laughs) There is no point for me to use that service. I'm sorry. 
so I mean that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I'm excited about is that Epic seems to be actively trying to choose games for their platform that are going to be high quality titles. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there's not many right now, but you know, Hades, for example, is made by the same people who made Bastion. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, giant Games or something. Giant. I forget the name of the studio, but the developer of the game that made Hades is the same one that made uh, Bastion. And uh, and Epic basically uh, locked in an exclusive distribution uh, uh, publication deal with them. That's awesome. So that's interesting. How about that Sonic poster? (laughs) I'll see you guys later. (laughs) Yeah. After that, we just got a couple (sighs) podcasts here. I'm sorry, dude. Like I, this is my favorite spoof on it. I did not. Oh, I, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so great. I saw someone who like said they like they took the image into Photoshop and just took everything as far as they could. And you see this disgusting, disfigured image. <laughs> like, hey, this is what was under all that darkness on the image. I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't even like Sonic. And so seeing this makes me hate it even more. I'm like, what in the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Have you seen Sonic Adventure 2 Battle? Do you see the way Sonic looks? He looks nice. He's a character people love. And now he's this abomination. There's a picture of him on the like Golden Gate Bridge with these human-ass legs and these shitty fucking red shoes. I'm like, dude, what are you guys doing? Hey, but <laughs> nine-year-olds are going to love it. There's a whole subset of furry artists that specialize in taking, you know, cartoon animal characters and making them fit in a realistic, you know, reality. But then they go and hire like Joe Schmo to be like, all right, guys, what is a what's that uh, Sanic look like? Well, what, what, how are we going <laughs> to represent them in the, the San Francisco film? And then we get that. Oh, hey, it's perfect. It's beautiful. Anyone. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we can uh, we're gonna close on that just so everyone hates me. <laughs> Beautiful. No, we'll we'll close on this commercial. Uh, it's only a couple minutes long, and we'll probably have to cut this out of the YouTube video. I don't know if we'll get a copyright uh, notice for it or whatever, but I don't know if you guys saw this, but it is hilarious. Ryan no. uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, re- recently acquired a gin uh, company, and so he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, self advertising his gin company, and it's this this commercial is gold from beginning to end. So I just I'm gonna play it in its entirety, uh, and uh, if you're if you miss out on YouTube, you might have to go watch it on Twitch or look it up yourself. But it's it's a fantastic commercial. So we'll play this and we'll call it a night after this. Um, but yeah, enjoy. God dang it, Bobby. This clip has a copyright. Now owned by a Canadian. That's so great. I've never seen that. That's so good. It's comedy gold. It's fantastic. That's uh if you if you want to hire anyone to do some uh some promo for you, man. Ryan Reynolds is he's killing the game right now. 
I don't even like gin, and now I want to try that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it makes me want to go buy a bottle of aviation gin, right? Yeah. That's the Reynolds seal of approval. Exactly. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, MJ Lance, for last minute deciding to uh, jump in and join us tonight. I hope you had a wonderful hit-the-bucket experience. Oh, it was it was awesome. I really enjoyed being here with you guys. I honestly <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm now I'm, I'm a samurai shows up and we're about to leave. I'm sorry, you missed the party. You're gonna have to go watch it on YouTube's. Ouch, <laughs> feels Pepe man. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, if uh, if you don't know MJ Lance, he also streams from time to time. Go check him out on Twitch, the MJ Lance. Uh, he's also, as we mentioned, a voice actor. So hit him up. If you guys are looking, you got, a, uh, you got an email address you want to throw out there if someone's listening and they want to want to hit you up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the MJ Lance at gmail.com. If you guys have any business inquiries, just uh, send it there. Um, I promise I will check it. <laughs> he promises. Pinky swear. The biggest of pinky swears. And anything else you're working on? Anything you want to plug or talk about? Or So, um, I am working on a couple things, but I want to make sure that I have everything um, together before I start announcing it. Basically, okay. so a long time ago, an animation that I was working on, um, I've decided to change the medium that I'm using it with. I'm probably to develop this animation to be a video game, but I want to get everything all straightened out before I start saying things, because a lot of times projects start, but then may not get finished, and so I don't want to hype anything up, you know? Chief's Beef already explained that today, so I just... <laughs> no hype, no hype allowed. I'm just I'm keeping it simple. If you guys want to check me out on Twitch, uh, it's, been a, it's been a little difficult to stream with uh, school and everything like that, but I absolutely... I, You know, we got Pokemon Smash came out, we got... A lot of stuff. So I'd love to see you guys drop by and thank you for, you know, having me here. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Jimmy Navio is my, 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 my channel. So hit me up there, guys. And uh, <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> James, anything you want to say? Hey, I, by the way, James, I saw, didn't you recently come out with a new uh, YouTube video? You did a Let's Play recently? Oh, I've been doing a lot. I've been uploading, whew, like every single day. There we go. For a while, I've been playing a lot of Slay the Spire because I needed a I needed an excuse to play that a lot. So, yeah, I have uh, 18 episodes, one every day. Haven't missed a beat, dude. That's awesome. Damn, you grinding, man. So many episodes of me losing. I'm slowly working my way up through each ascension. Gets harder and harder every time. People that hit Ascension twenty, I don't know how they do it. Wow. How so? Is that game that game's still in early access, isn't it? Yes. And it's it's basically a fully finished product. I don't know what else they're doing to it to make it better. Well, there's still only two characters, right? No, there's three. Oh, okay. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. They should just. Yeah, I alternate every day, so it's like the ironclad, then the silent, and the defect. So you can see, like, oh, if you're only interested in seeing the defect, then you can just like, you know, which one it is. Every third episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Nice. Silent. That's smart. Not bad. Lagging. 
Well, keep at it, man. That's awesome. And uh, James is going to be back in California soon. If we can somehow work it out, we might do a uh, a podcast in person. Mm-hmm. I got three weeks. Yeah, that would be awesome. I know. We've I've, we've we've always done it over the uh, the streaming over the you know video whatever. But uh, it'd be fun to sit down and do an actual podcast in person. Yeah. If we, if we can make it happen, it will. No promises, but we're gonna we're gonna try. It's gonna be a busy few weeks. It's the holidays and everything, mm-hmm. but uh, Christmas. If we can work something out, we will. <laughs> All right, everyone. I uh, hope you have a good night. Thank you for being here. This has been another episode of Hit the Bucket. Again, please go check it out on YouTube. You can just Google Hit the Bucket podcast and find all the links. Tell all your friends. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to it on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. And if you could, it would mean the world to me if you would write a review. Um, Those really help uh, your stuff get posted and distributed on like if you go on iTunes and find the podcast and just like write a little a blurb or you know give it five stars and just say those guys are the most handsome men I've ever seen you know whatever you want well just be honest you know um <laughs> but they, it really helps a lot if if it, the more uh the more stuff like that the more buzz and activity we get we can we can get some people interested in it so Thanks. Have a good night. MJ Lance, if you want to stick around on the video chat for a second, we usually do a couple just kind of uh, screen caps for Frost to use for the thumbnail. So have a good night, everyone. Thank you, Sheaf, for the Sheaf's Beef. Thank you, everyone who participated, and we'll be back next week. 